0: This week on Geek Explained, to celebrate the release of the first chapter in Marvel's newest event, Devil's Reign, I'm joined by returning guest Matt Draper to discuss Chipsidarsky's epic run on Daredevil. <laughs> Welcome back to Geek Explained. I'm your host, Eric Azana, and today's episode is a giant-sized discussion, recap, and retrospective on the epic 36-issue Daredevil run by Chip Zdarsky and his many artistic companions. I'm being joined by the only man who can not only spend time with me having a two-hour-plus conversation about Daredevil, but also commit an entire month of YouTube videos to the devil of Hell's Kitchen himself, Matt. Draper. We're going to be talking about all the twists, turns, topsy-turvy, ridiculous trauma that Matt has suffered at the hands of Chip Zdarsky across these last few years. And we're also going to be talking about Devil's Reign because the first issue of Marvel's newest event is dropping today as you are listening to this. So stay tuned for this really super fun discussion. We have a great time like always. We also have our latest weekly review on the newest episode of Hawkeye, which might just be the best episode yet. And of course, we have this week's Comics Countdown, where I chat you up about all the comics you should be picking up this week. But before we get into all of that, let's check in with this week's news. All right, guys and dolls, let's talk some news. We have our four categories, film, TV, comics, and miscellaneous. I'm going to start things off in comics news. Uh, Two pieces of news I want to talk about, the first of which is very serious, very important. Um, So I wanted to just start us off with it. I think it's something that rocked the comic book community and it's something that if you are a comic book fan for any stretch of time, uh, does in a way affect you. Uh, George Perez, legendary comic book artist, artist for such things as the New Teen Titans, Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, Avengers. He's been everywhere. He's done it all. Um, he revealed in a post earlier this week uh, that he has uh, pancreatic cancer and that his uh, his doctors have given him um, six months to a year before uh, he would pass away. Um, this is a heavy, heavy thing. As someone who is uh, a comic book fan, a longtime comic book fan, and a huge, huge fan of George Perez just in general, um, this is... Uh, it's it sucks to hear this. Um, he is taking it in stride. He has set up a uh, a Facebook. It's like at the George Perez, um, where he is hoping to set up uh, meet and greets. He's hoping to set up um, signings, you know, so that he can spend the uh, the remaining time he has left with people who will. Um, <laughs> uh, with with people who can get a little bit of light from him. Um, he is being incredibly gracious as only he can. Uh, he's an incredible human being, a wonderful uh, creator, wonderful artist, and just a stand-up guy. And uh, I wish him all the best. I wish his family every single ounce of goodwill and... This is going to be tough, but if you are a fan of George Perez, um, keep your eyes on his uh, on his Facebook page. He's going to be setting stuff up, so um, now's the time. If you're a fan of his, uh, give him all the love you can, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Facebook, whatever. Just give George Perez all the love you can, um, because if anybody deserves it, he does. So... That is the first piece of comic book news. We're going to shift gears here uh, to another piece of comic book news. Uh, This one is that over on the Marvel side of things, they have announced that following Inferno, following John Hickman's departure from the X titles, they're going to be rolling out Destiny of X. In the same vein as Reign of X, Dawn of X, all that stuff, we're going to be getting a whole brand new saga. uh, And they announced it with some incredible Lineal Francis Hugh artwork showcasing all the major players along with some title announcements now it's unclear whether these are going to be the you know the entire list of x titles going forward if we're going to see cancellations for other books but um, right now the ones that they have listed at the bottom of this image which was released on twitter instagram and all that stuff uh, did say it's going to be kicking off in spring 2022 and these are the books we're going to be getting we have immortal x-men marauders x-force knights of x x-men Legion of X, Wolverine, New Mutants, and X-Men Red. So they are pairing down. We are going to be getting just, what is that, um, uh, four, so nine books, nine books total in the X-Men line, which I feel like is less than we've had. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to tally, tally them up, but... It's interesting, some of these titles I am very interested in. Immortal X-Men, X-Men Red, uh, Knights of X, we don't really know what's going on there. There are, you know, mainstays, Marauders, Wolverine, New Mutants, just regular X-Men. What delineates Immortal X-Men from regular X-Men? We'll just have to see. But um, it's interesting. I'm still cautiously optimistic about the post-Hickman era for the X-Men, but we will just have to see how that goes. Hopping over to miscellaneous news, two pieces of video game news, two pieces of Spider-Man video game news. If you are a fan of Fortnite, Spider-Man is making his way to the game in their Chapter 3. Cool. It looks like he's uh, going to be fun to play. They've got two other suits. I believe it's the Future Foundation and the Symbiote suit. So if you're a fan of Fortnite and you like Spider-Man, this is going to be a good time for you. And then over on the other side of things... Spider-Man Spider Man Remastered, I guess, is going to be getting two suits, two new skins that are inspired by Spider-Man No Way Home, specifically the integrated suit and the black and gold suit. Um, they're fine. I'm still not a huge fan of either of those suits. The black and gold suit is cool looking, uh, but it's as I think everybody kind of knows at this point, it's basically just like the, uh, the upgraded suit turned inside out and the integrated suit is just the upgraded suit just with the iron spider gold on there which i'm just not a fan of um but it's cool that they're doing this and it really shows that insomniac the devs behind this game do care about this because of course they want this this stuff included because not only does it give love to the current Spider-Man, but it also, I mean, it keeps people coming back to play that game. And I have been playing it recently, you know, going through the story with the Andrew Garfield suit um, because I'm hooked on Spider-Man right now. So uh, I'm, I'm just, it's a cool thing. It's a really cool thing. I'm glad they're doing it, but they haven't put Ben Riley's sensational Spider-Man costume in there, and I will never forgive them for not doing. Th- you know what? You know what? It's probably in Spider-Man Two. I'm just going to hold on hope that's in Spider-Man 2, and we're just going to move on. So, uh, yeah, that wraps up miscellaneous news. Hopping over to film news, and we got a ton of film news here. So, first off, we got some set photos of Black Adam, uh, basically showing off The Rock's uh, Black Adam suit, a little bit more details, at least from the chest up. Uh, Looks interesting. Uh, We will have to see more of it in action. We got that little clip at DC FanDome, but... I am hoping we get more. I'm hoping we get more of this. I want to see the JSA. I want to see uh, more of Black Adam in action, but we will just have to wait probably until the new year. We also got the amazing news that Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which as we all know is going to be bringing in Idris Elba as Knuckles, is in fact bringing Tails into the film as well. And it's they're not recasting Tails. They're not giving Tails some, you know, big name actor just to garner clicks and popularity. No, no offense Idris, you're wonderful, but they are bringing back Colleen O'Shaughnessy as Tails. Uh, Colleen has played Tails before, most notably probably in the Sonic Boom in Sonic Boom. I don't know why I said V, Uh, but this is exciting. I think this is really cool. It feels like a win for voice actors in this continually Pratt, Pratt-expanding voiceover world that we are living in right now. Um, It's good to see voice actors get their due, so I'm really excited about this. Uh, Also really excited that Shang-Chi 2 has been officially confirmed. We know that The stars of the film are returning, and director Destin Daniel Cretton is returning as well. This is great news. You know how much I love Shang-Chi, and I'm very excited to see what they do with the next film. We also have two pieces of DC news. Uh, One piece, basically, is that we are getting an animated Metal Men film in the works. Uh, They've started production on it i'm i've never been a Metalman guy but if you want to uh if you're interested in me doing an episode on that feel free to let me know uh similarly another animated property that dc is working on allegedly is an animated crisis on infinite earth's film trilogy they would be it would be an animated film pulling from all corners of dc's animated lineup which would be mind-boggling. I don't know how that would work, but I think it's interesting and I think with the George Perez news this is if they aren't working on it already, they should be working on it. So, um this is really cool and that's pretty much it for film news. No, I'm just kidding. We got to talk about Across the Spider Verse, okay? Across the Spider Verse got its first trailer this past Saturday, as of this recording, and oh boy, does it look good! Um, this is the sequel to the incredible Academy Award-winning animated film Spider Man Into the Into the Spider Verse, and it just it looks great. We got it's just a very short clip or a collection of clips in itself where uh, Miles is joined by Gwen, both of them having aged and updated their costumes. So it looks like there's going to be more multiversal shenanigans, but instead of all of the... multiversal Spidey's coming to Miles' universe, he's going to be going out into the multiverse. So this is really cool. We got an updated suit for both him and Gwen. They look great. Miles is much more streamlined than I expected it to be, but it's cool, and it makes it distinctively the Spider-Verse suit, which I think is awesome. And then we also got our first look at Across the, S- the Spider-Verse's spider-man 2099 and let me tell you miguel o'hara is stacked he is a gigantic man and he he is just bodying this poor young child and i am interested to see what they do with that we also got peeks at possibly the spider-man unlimited world as well as the spider-man india world so this is going to be really fun We got the announcement, we got the title release, the trailer, and the release date announcement, title, Across the Spider-Verse, we kind of knew this, it had been rumored, but it's good to get an official confirmation. We also got the announcement that this is Across the Spider-Verse, part two. One. That's right, it's gonna be a two-parter, it so it seems like. So I'm excited. This looks dope. And we got the announcement that the film will be releasing on October 7th, 2022. So I can't wait for this. This is gonna be amazing. And if you're a Marvel fan, you were eating real good this week. And that's not only because of this, but also as we roll on to our final pieces of news, the TV news, Kevin Feige. Kevin, I gotta wear a ball cap at all times. Feige was uh, being interviewed by Cinema Blend's Sean O'Connell, and during the interview, the the uh, the topic of Daredevil came up because, of course, everyone realizes it's a Dare Summer, and he was asked, you know, if Daredevil is brought into the fold of the MCU, will Charlie Cox be the one to play him? And Kev. Played it cool, steely-eyed, and looked into the camera and said, If you were to see Daredevil in upcoming things, Charlie Cox, yes, would be the actor playing Daredevil. Though he kept it cool, he kept it, you know, loose. And he said, where we see that, how we see that, when we see that, remains to be seen. So, everybody put your lighters up. Charlie Cox is confirmed to be daredevil save daredevil is at least most of the way to being successful um i'm interested to see what they do with him if we go and film if we stick in the tv area i think if they went big budget and they were just like look let's just put the exact same team together for for this new daredevil series put it on hulu since it'll probably it'll definitely be more adult than what disney plus is offering all for it all for it. This is also amidst rumors that Kingpin is going to be popping up as the main antagonist of Hawkeye. So, lots of really cool stuff. I'm excited about this. It's a one, I mean, Charlie Cox is Daredevil. That's just who it is. And I could not be happier to know that my Daredevil is going to be interacting with all of the MCU. So, really excited about this. Could not have come at a better time. It's a Darecember miracle, y'all. And speaking of Darecember, that is going to roll us right on into the main event, the main course, the entree, if you will, which is our giant-sized discussion with Matt Draper, looking at a full retrospective on Chip Zdarsky's run on Daredevil. Happy December, everybody! We are actually celebrating something pretty exciting because as you are listening to this, it is the release of Devil's Reign Number One. We are getting the first issue of this big bombastic event coming from marvel from zadarsky and chiquetto it is the culmination of the chip zadarsky daredevil run and so i figured now would be the best time to dive in and do kind of a retrospective on the series itself talk about the things we liked look at the series as a whole i have read 36 issues of daredevil over the past week Rereading reading old issues as well as reading the uh, the final issue, the finale dot 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 question mark issue of the series. Who knows? But because it is December, because we are talking about Daredevil, the only person who I Oh, wait. Oh, hold on. Okay, you can introduce me now.
1: bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I have to, uh, hold that a little closer. Oh, there we go. Here we go. We have to, uh, introduce the cleaner. The best bout machine. The reigning defending. Fogwell's gym champion of the world. The Kenny Omega of Comic Tube. Matt Draper himself. You gotta You gotta have the beat guy. Then we get the pyro. <laughs> Oh. You, you, you know we had to do it, to him.
1: You forgot to say that I'm coming all the way from North Carolina. <laughs>
0: but but, but you're from Winnipeg, you idiot. <laughs>
1: i'm sorry it's just that you you had previously referred to me in another episode that wasn't on as basically the heelish kenny omega of the podcast you are
0: you are you are the the best bout machine you are the ultimate heel of this podcast the heel champion that pops in every so often to defend his title thank you yes yes matt draper welcome back to the podcast man thank you for having me Happy December! Happy December! This is a big month. This is a big month, not just for general holiday festivities, but for Daredevil. And a lot of that has to do with Matt's YouTube channel. If this is the first time you're listening to this podcast and having Matt on, I mean, he's been on a few times. You got to catch up. You got to go back in the archives, listen to that stuff. But he runs one of the best comic tube channels, one of the best Zilla tube channels. He is the king (laughs) of Zilla style, one of the best Halloween tube channels, Michael Meyer tube channels, all of that stuff, all of the accolades. He is the actual comic tube belt collector. And this uh, this December, like for the past, what, three years? This this is the third one. This is the third one, one. Yeah we are celebrating Dare Sember, where every single week he's dropping a new episode folk or a new video focusing on a different aspect of daredevil's comic book exploits and mm-hmm. if you subscribe to his patreon I'm gonna do gotta do the quick plug he is doing oh, yeah. patreon love, love, love. exclusive <clears throat> reviews as well so get in on that it is the most wonderful time of the year matt we're here we're talking about daredevil have you heard of yes we are
1: a little bit yeah i'm slightly familiar uh he can't hear right
0: yes correct
1: correct yeah wonderful (laughs) uh (laughs) i know third december in a row and i decided that every year has to be bigger than the last year every single one yeah so i don't even know what i'm gonna do for next year but we'll get
0: there when when we get to it right you you just have to do a full-on you know month-long stream no breaks
1: I guess it's like a video every day, right? Like thirty every day.
0: Daredevil. Thirty. Oh my god! Can you imagine thirty-one days of daredevil? If they were two minutes long each, I think I could do it. I th- I think it's possible, and it's just half of them are just vlogs of you running around in a daredevil costume just around your neighborhood, mm-hmm. hitting this, someone with a billy club. <laughs> oh, what the hell, man! Like, I think I think we've we've stumbled onto dare number four, but it is currently dare number three. Um, do you want to chat up dare Sember, kind of what what it's about what you've done in the past and what people can look forward to uh, yeah well I'm a huge
1: Daredevil fan and you had me on last year when we talked about our favorite issues of Daredevil it was like four hours long it was four we, it
0: was so long we had to break it into two yeah. episodes yes which I mean I mean
1: hopefully that gave you a little bit of a break right Oh, it, so, was, you know. it
0: was great it was great yeah. for me and I also got to <laughs> have a great conversation and people love love the, that two-parter as well.
1: Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. I had a ton of fun. We won't go for four hours today. Thankfully, we're just going we to say about- it every time. I know, but we're talking about <laughs> one series, one series. So we yeah. are a little bit more constrained. Um, I love Daredevil. And a few years ago, I got um, the idea. I got the idea to do a month of Daredevil videos. Uh, I had a lot of fun. People liked it. So I want to keep doing it. And um, yeah, so this is the, uh, the third year and there's just A ton of Daredevil, uh, you know, concepts and runs, single issues, mini storylines that I I find fascinating. It's a bit of a challenge for myself, too, to be able to keep it fresh, right? Like, it's like, how can you talk about a character um, every, you know, every week, you know, over and over and have it be different and have it say something different. And it's fun to me. Oh, my gosh. Crypto. (laughs) (laughs) he has his squeaky toys in here i didn't realize that if he he, he keeps squeaking too
0: much i'm gonna take him out you're good he has he has Um, very strong daredevil opinions yes
1: uh the pup without fear um and uh and yeah so it's a lot of fun i have a fun time doing it people get hyped for it and i just you know i kind of let i I like don't talk about daredevil at all for like 11 months out of the year right which has to be
0: torture for you
1: Right. I mean, there's enough other stuff that I, that I can... <laughs> and then I just, like, open the floodgates, right? And, and there comes all the Daredevil. And, yeah, so uh, doing that, like I said, Patreon. Um, by the time this comes out, I'll have two videos out that, that'll be about Brubaker's, Ed Brubaker's Daredevil. And then the next one will be about um, Frank Miller's Roulette, one yeah. issue. And then I'll have one Patreon out, which is on Electra Assassin. And oh. then... Uh, a, a comic truly by and for dang ass freaks, and then the next one after the next video, full video will be on Daredevil Last Rights.
0: Oh man, it's gonna be great. I yeah. I have already watched both the Brew Baker video and I have the Roulette video queued up here. We also talked about Roulette last yes. year in mm-hmm. that two parter, and we just what a great story. Oh amazing yeah it's so yeah. good yeah but it's yeah it, it's cool and i
1: really enjoyed making that one because it, it, i kind of like went in a lot of different directions with that which is really interesting to talk about like what the hell happened to frank miller and <laughs> um i feel yeah. like that
0: could fill up a four-part podcast series of just what happened to frank oh
1: miller. yeah a whole month a whole month of content you know? Frank here we go frankuary oh yeah oh yeah let's do frankuary that's great <laughs>
0: can be about frank miller it can be about frank from always sunny Mm uh yeah i think it's amazing just we we've we've cracked the code look for that frank sem or frank you 2022 (laughs) (laughs) but no i i'm really i'm really excited about this because daredevil I've covered it on the podcast just my love for this series and Mm -hmm. every single year I do a comics you should be reading top five comics you should be reading every year and it has slowly crept up the rankings every (laughs) year and for 2021 it nabbed the number one spot Mm -hmm. um it has been consistently one of Marvel's best comics period oh yeah yeah for sure and it's interesting because I don't I don't know you know because i jumped on it way late i jumped on it with issue 11 after they had already like hit the ground running with 10 incredible issues yeah did you because i miss you were obviously in there day one mm-hmm. and how did you feel about the pairing of zadarski and chiquetto
1: yeah oh i love it i love i love the pairing um and i think that they um they work really well together i think one of the bummers of the series is that kiketo doesn't do like every issue yeah and like you kiketo's amazing then they had jorge Farnes, who's great incredible and he left to, to do rorschach mm-hmm. um with tom king at dc and then they brought in like mike hawthorne as their like official number two who's really good but he took really, a really little, little, took a little while for me to get used to his style because he's a little bit more like cartoonish than it's kiketo. very different for sure but then every other artist that they bring in, not not to name names, but they they're ass. Like <laughs> <really don't> like. <laughs> like no, um the second volume, it, the I was just thing.
0: gonna bring that up. That's like volume. I,
1: I'm like reading the first first you know six issues and it's great, and then like volume two starts. I'm like, ayo what? <laughs> <clears throat> um but they that did he did a, that person did a couple issues and then left and but even then like they brought in some we'll get to it but like the latest arc yeah had another artist and i was like
0: mm-hmm. it's fine but it's not the same it's not yeah.
1: the same also they have a bunch of inkers they keep bringing on a bunch yeah. of more inkers in these last several issues again we'll get, we'll talk more about it there's like one issue with like three different inkers on it I was like, not helping.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like, why, why are we under this, this crunch, guys? I know, like, I we're know under, our main artist is like getting ready to do Devil's Rain and everything, but like, why are we, why is it un- taking a village to make a Daredevil issue? We're, we're under event crunch, I think, is the problem. Yeah. Right. That's, is that, that's fair. is that Marvel is like,
1: our big event, December is Devil's Rain. It's coming out on this day. And like, they were like, we got to get the issues out. Like, we got to get it out in time. And I think they, pushed these issues a few times and then they pushed it one more time and they I think they pushed devil's rain like one week because it's we're going yeah. back to back and um, you can kind
0: of see an art and I'm like mm, yeah yeah. but I mean generally overall what's been nice is that even with the varied art throughout the series, the writing has been consistent jim mm-hmm. has been killing it and as someone who i kind of associate as more of like a comedic writer yeah when it comes to it's all of this stuff is very i mean even when it's like gigantic like a world-ending stuff it still feels very low stakes like you look at mm-hmm. his spectacular spider-man run where there was a literal alien invasion <laughs> <Yeah>. and like <laughs> it still feels like fun and happy and like you get mm-hmm. i mean he can absolutely do super dramatic stuff. I mean, look no further than Spider-Man life story, but like, yeah, this run completely turned me around on my perception of Chip Zdarsky as a writer.
2: Yeah. And I totally think it's agree.
0: really interesting how it kind of pairs up with other writers who have written for daredevil in the past. Are there any, like, are there any parallels? Are there any, like, cause there are definitely mm-hmm. things that are repeated in this run from older runs. Yeah. But I think treated differently enough that they can still feel separate, not super derivative. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. I mean, the biggest like echo is Daredevil
1: in prison, right? But even then it has a very different flavor compared to Brubaker, right? Because Brubaker has following Bendis and I guess it was his idea for Bendis to end with Matt going to to prison. And so at the start of Brubaker's run, Matt is in prison, waiting trial. Um, his I, he's been outed as Daredevil. He's he's in prison as Matt Murdock, and you know he's he's there and trying to get his name cleared. He doesn't admit to being Daredevil, and then in this run, he is in prison, convicted as Daredevil, right? And no one knows that Daredevil is Matt Murdock. So it's right. a it's a flip, and it really does change the perceptions of, of a lot. And I think that Zdarsky uses that. Um set up to interrogate a lot of questions about um sort of superheroes being above the law and what does it mean to sort of follow the law? Is is the law corrupt? Is law enforcement corrupt? Like, where is the intersection of like true justice and law enforcement justice? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a, a big part of like the first. 25 issues of the run, I would say, is like yeah. a major theme. So it, it does echo certain things, but it, in a very different way. Um, I think that Zdarsky has said that his biggest influence is Anne um So I can see you can that, see sure. some of that, especially because Typhoid Mary is playing such a huge role in this. Mm. There's, you know, she has a secret role in the first like 18 issues. So cool. And then there's a big reveal. And then she's continued to play a big role, actually, that I wasn't expecting. Like when she is revealed and she plays her hand and you're sort of not w- sure of where she's going to go. I, th- at the end of that, I was like, she could just kind of leave, you know,
0: that she is kind, kind of, of what Typhoid
1: Mary does in the. Yes, yeah, <laughs> she, she bounces in and out so often and then she stays and has some really interesting things that happen Uh I don't know if we want to say it at the moment, I know we're going to get into spoilers. I yes. don't know if we want to kind of go a little more we'll, chronologically, we'll, but yeah, we'll,
0: we'll, we'll definitely get there. We'll definitely yeah, get but, there for spoilers wise, but
1: the, yeah. the, 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 the prominence of Typhoid Mary in this echoes the prominence of Typhoid Mary in a lot of Nescenti's run, how she upends that comic, which is one of the two strongest aspects of Nescenti's entire run is the Typhoid Mary arc. And then everything to do with um, Mephisto, to me, are like the two best parts of that whole thing. Very right. different. They intersect Absolutely. slightly in that, but also it makes me think of um, that Nascenti had to play into uh, Inferno, the X Men mm-hmm. event, and I mean, and there is a small arc called Inferno. Yeah, in, it's like in two this. issues. Yeah, and also Zdorsky has to play into um, King and in Black, and has to and place with some interesting ideas of the world turning upside down around daredevil yeah. with that too. So you
0: can, there's a lot Th- of, Nocenti. That, that is an interesting parallel. I, I didn't make that connection between him and Nocenti, but like mm-hmm. that's cause you're right there. And especially, you know, when, when that run was coming out, they were starting to get into that event heavy mm-hmm. status quo. And now we kind of like are waist deep in events all the time. Yeah. And i mean between all of those influences like we again you know he he has already released a video on the brew baker run which you should absolutely go watch um the brew baker run is a big blind spot for me past devil in sublock d and i just it's the best story (laughs) it's the best part of the run
2: Yeah,
0: yeah but like so it's really cool to get that refresher and it all the stuff that has happened to him since that run <laughs> yeah, is fascinating because yeah. Yeah. after that we get shadowland and mm. we get <sighs> the best daredevil run which yes. is wade insomni yes. and then he gets hit by a car and <laughs> we're just gonna jump to the end of it and have we're just gonna jump car. to the end of that one and in all of this there is a point where we revisit a uh a specific narrative Piece of the Wade Somni run, which is the Purple Children. Mm-hmm. And they get some kind of ridiculous power boost from just like like hyper empathy to reality shifting powers. I believe and, they have a machine. They use you know, I haven't read it in a while, and I <laughs> don't feel the need to, but well, for 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 total transparency. I am considering
1: covering Charles Soul for the fourth video oh. in this, but at the moment I'm looking at my timing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's like forty issues, That's and a lot. I have I have to start rereading it now. And yeah. am I going to cover like forty issues for the run, or can I do all these uh, these twenty other ideas that <laughs> wouldn't involve? I mean, you could always do Shadowland. You know what? Shadowland is gonna be video number one for December four.
0: Oh, spoiler! spoilers. Off, he's dropping it now. We're kicking off December four with, with oh my god, with Shadowland. That's gonna what a, be what a dark day that will be, figuratively and
1: literally. Yeah, maybe we're gonna go dark and then we're gonna come out like through the the whole month, right? That'd we're be gonna great. go wor- like worst and darkest to like brightest and best,
0: or something like that. See, that's that's how you do that's how you do bigger and better for Dare number four. You just, you have a plot line for you, the creator. You're we have like, a bit of a, we have a bit of a plot line for this year.
1: We have a bit of a line. piece, piece them all together. <laughs> cap it off with dare summer video number five, which I think you can guess what it
0: is. Very excited about it. Very and then excited. I think about they're
1: it. all gonna kind of
0: come, come together. All right. Oh man. Yeah. I, again, I already said it. We'll plug it again at the end. Dare will watch. But Charles Soul,
1: Purple Children, erasing everyone's mem- memory of of Matt being
0: Daredevil. Daredevil, and now everything is sort of fine in the world yeah. of Daredevil. Except yeah. he, you know, gets hit by a car and survives and has a fever dream. But. <laughs> <laughs> from here on out i think we're gonna go ahead and throw up that spoiler warning because we are going into full-on spoilers for this run from here on out if you have not read this run do yourself a favor go read it i've been talking about it for years at this point you need to jump on it and now's the perfect time to catch up because devil's reign is coming out this week you need to read this series but the way that i've got this set up right i because i am i who i am as a person i have this run separated into three chapters right three Mm -hmm. overarching chapters for the series and the first uh the first chapter that i have is devil no more so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is this is going to encompass issues one through ten first two volumes of the series and we start things out fairly i mean paint by numbers when it comes to daredevil he's patrolling he's doing his thing he's recovering which is important he's recovering from his near fatal accident he's missed a step he's a little rusty and we kind of kick things off with him botching the uh botching stopping a robbery which ends up in the death of one of the robbers accidentally Mm -hmm. and hits his head On the back of a wall. Yeah. Just knocks his head at the back of a wall, heavy contusions, dies on the way to the hospital. And it's fascinating to me that Zadarsky decided to go this route because death is not a stranger to Matt Murdock. Mm -hmm. Not even close. He is almost constantly surrounded by it. But it's interesting to me that he decides to go the direction of Matt now has to question his entire choice of being a superhero because this guy was accidentally killed because he was probably out on the streets, you know, sooner than he should have been recovery yeah. wise. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about the, the start to all this man? Cause this is like right away. It feels like a different daredevil story than we're used to. Yeah.
1: It is. It's, it's shocking, right. Uh, um, for, for something of such like real consequence to happen in a story like this and it really sets the tone, but, it, and it sets the whole ideas that are going to be at play, but to have, um, yeah, to ha- it. Cause there's been a lot of, there's, there's a lot of stories of like, is Matt going to give up being daredevil? What is he is his questioning of the role is a lot that happens in a lot. Right. Yeah. But to have him be responsible for the death of someone, um, the, you know, not some big supervillain. Right. Where, cause a lot of times it's like, Oh, maybe the superhero needs to kill this, Super villain to save the world, save someone, right? And this is like, this is just a normal, you know, bodega robbery. He accidentally, you know, he he like elbows him. The guy falls, and this is a normal guy, right? Yeah. So it, it's shocking, and the first like arc, um, he doesn't even find out for like a couple issues that this this guy died because um, he's so tired, messed up that he doesn't even he's not even seeing the news. And then eventually he finds out and he's like, oh, I must have been framed. I didn't do that. I, right? I love that. Yeah. So this whole, like, thinking that he's been framed, it's got to be Fisk. He did it to me. And then realizing that he did it and having to own up to it. And what does that mean? Like, it's a great um, mini arc for the character, you know, for this whole this whole beginning here. Um, right. And I think I mentioned it last year, uh, but I think Zadarsky had said that he initially didn't, his whole storyline didn't have this first arc in mind.
0: Yeah, that's right. You mentioned that.
1: So I think he was always going to get to, he's not Daredevil, right? He's given up being Daredevil and we go from there, but this adds the whole like psychological and spiritual weight for the entire series and what he deals with for easily the first 20 issues of the whole thing. Um, But yeah, I it's, it's a totally different type of, of um, issue for daredevil to tackle. And I really love it. What do you think about this?
0: Well, it's, it's you, you made an excellent point there where it's like when he was originally mapping this out, this didn't, this wasn't included. But when I look at the series as a whole, all 36 issues, I don't know if it would have worked as well without these initial issues yeah. to get us to that point. Yeah, Because coming out of, you know, Souls Run, which I guess something that I can, you know, we can put a feather in the cap of Souls Run is like it chronologically carries everything that happened before it. Like the entire Daredevil, you know chronology that we can look Mm -hmm. at from stories like born again all the way up to devil's reign that's coming up like it feels like one story like this is continually going on which is i think a feat in itself when it comes to comic book storytelling with all their constant reboots and retcons and for sure i love the fact that every daredevil run starts with the fallout from the previous run Like, this starts out with Matt slowly recovering, getting back to himself, being a little slower in his step, and it's something that we don't normally see with, like, younger heroes. Like, we get these stories all the time of, like, ah man, that 47-year-old hero is such a deadbeat now, he's just, (laughs) he's an old man. But, like, Daredevil is usually depicted as, like, maybe early to mid 30s like constantly yeah and to see him like kind of struggling with missing a step and then it costing the life of somebody completely by accident is such a fascinating idea for daredevil especially because Mm -hmm. we always see him so in control and it feeds directly into the catholic guilt that he carries with him (laughs) in every single iteration of the character and i think my favorite part of these early issues is and we talked about it last year the punisher inclusion Mm -hmm. you know he gets arrested and we're going to talk about the the secondary protagonist of the series uh, as we get into it but he gets arrested and he's broken out by the punisher who is just overjoyed that his buddy daredevil has finally (laughs) seen the light yeah i love that so much It's like dude i knew you were gonna see it eventually like we're gonna pal around we're gonna go kill a bunch of people in new york i cannot wait for some bro hangouts and he obviously doesn't say that but the (laughs) subtext is there oh yeah You, you all know punisher talks like that but i love that we get to see anytime that matt and punisher get to be in the same room or just have a conversation is instant like. I will buy that issue. And this yeah. this one is no different because like he's got a guy there who he's interrogating to gain uh, intel on the owl, who is also a very big character in this run, and Owlsley mm-hmm. is not usually like treated as big time as he is in this run, which I like. Yeah, his his, his position in the hierarchy, right, of, of crime
1: can kind of vary, but he's usually lower tier. Here he's definitely upper tier.
0: We'll say he's closer to the Enforcers than he is to the Kingpin. Fair, that's fair. On a normal basis, but like Ah, the Enforcers. enforcers, I love the Enforcers. When you need someone for the hero to to beat up, bring him in. Bring him in. Fancy Dan. Bring in my fancy Dan, Ox, (laughs) the other one. They're all great.
1: They're all great. This is is like a tweet I made the other other day, which is for YouTube channels, there's always, with three people, there's always... The the hardworking nerd. There's the uh, the funny guy whose life is a mess, and the other one whose name you can't remember.
0: Yes. it's the Enforcers. That's the Enforcers. They <laughs> should have a podcast. Oh yeah, so, the Enforcers podcast. So coming 2022. But like I I love the juxtaposition of Daredevil and Punisher in this arc because at this point Matt still fully is in the camp that he was he's been framed. Mm -hmm. and he's like i didn't kill this guy kingpin obviously set me up and i love that it's like it's almost that like dinkleberg-esque thing where he's like (laughs) no i'm not wrong fisk must have set me up that son of a bitch he's the problem and (laughs) i i don't know i i really enjoy that relationship between the two of them because when something goes wrong in their lives they immediately jump to each other yeah and, they're so locked together they just can't yeah. admit there's anything else besides each other and the moment where we get to see matt with guns we get to see daredevil do some gung some gun foo, yeah. and him basically just being like i love the line where he hits him with these like it's no contest frank you're amateur hour i yeah. Oh, with with all of like the discourse that's been around like Punisher as a character for the past like two years, you love to see it. You just oh, yeah. you love to see it. Uh, you're a
1: demon, sure, but I'm the devil.
0: Yeah. And, and just great place. great art on this. I mean, throughout most of the run. Like it's, <clears throat> it's so good. Well, Kakato's art is great. He's got great detail and character work, but he
1: has an amazing sense of pacing yes like his action is so well paced that you feel the the story beats you feel the the hits you feel the um geography of the characters really well yeah um so it it's super well choreographed you can see it in this you can see it in the inferno climax it's it's all there so i'm expecting devil's reign to have a lot of good action in it too
0: same and he's, <clears> he's really good at layouts. Like, mm-hmm. you immediately, like, you know where everything is in a given scene. Yeah. And so when, like, something pops up, like, somebody, like, grabs something off the floor, you know that there are panels before it where you've seen that there. And so there's establishing stuff. And I... Ultimately, this is a fictional medium where you can get away with whatever you want because it's not real. But I appreciate the attention to detail on stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's really... It's interesting because the I want to say it's the end of this first. Yeah. So the end of the first volume, we get Zdarsky writing Spider-Man again. Mm -hmm. But this is a Spider-Man that we at least when I first read this, I was super unfamiliar with. Like this Spider-Man felt like that older brother that's come back from college because your mom called him and was like, hey, your buddy's your, your, (laughs) your younger brother is getting into some shit. And so he shows up and he's just like, yo. You are not Daredevil anymore. If you do it again, I'm going to kick the crap out of you. And that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And
1: uh, he he could Spiderman just kind of pops in and out throughout this run, right?
0: Very important
1: little moments, even all the way at the end of the run, too. He's kind of dipping in and out. Um, And he's yeah, he's definitely the time to be serious. You know, which I think that when Spider-Man often shows up in other um, other
0: people's runs, he's like, oh,
1: I'm the wacky oh, friend. man. <laughs> like,
0: I still I still love his guest spot in the uh, the Kate's Dr. Strange run.
1: Oh, where Spider-Man talks to a real spider.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't talk about Donny
1: Cates. You'll find me and, and try and, and start a fight with me again. Oh, that's
0: right. Sorry. Uh, i i I love talking about redacted's uh, (laughs) doctor strange run but yes continue
1: um or i was thinking about like i I like um oh i'm blanking on it oh my gosh the thor event from the other year oh war of the realms war of the realms yeah spider-man's in that he's fun but he's a total just goofball yeah like an absolute goofball Where he's he's like, this isn't Deadpool. Like, why is he why is he acting like this? Where he's like, I got a fancy helmet and a shield and that kind of thing. That that is one of the best
0: tie-ins for that event, though. It's so good.
1: Oh, it's good. I enjoy it. But again, that's the the opposite direction. Right. Spider-Man goes. So I enjoy that Zadarsky is like, no, like Spider-Man would take this very seriously. He's known Daredevil. He knows how serious this
0: is. And he knows the stakes of it, too. He's like, look, like, you do stuff like this, like, it is going to reflect on the rest of us. And I love that throughout the run, but especially, like, in the early parts of this, there is a big focus on perception of street-level heroes. Mm -hmm. Like, they're the ones on the ground who people are dealing with mostly. And so they almost have to hold themselves to a different standard than, Mm -hmm. like, the heroes who are, like, Saving the galaxy yeah. on a day to day basis, yeah, and Thor is off you
1: know fighting gods and intergalactic threats and all this sort of stuff
0: and, and I mean even Iron Man too because he's mm-hmm. he's still a human guy, but he's you know an avenger and like whenever you see him, he's always coming from on high and it's the perception of different characters I think it was really interesting and speaking of perception. Perception is everything with, I think the secondary protagonist of the series, which is Mm -hmm. detective Cole North. I
1: love detective Cole North. Yeah. He's so great. Um, Again, whenever there's a lot of supporting characters in daredevil who've been built up over the years and every, um, every writer kind of picks and chooses right. Where it's like, well, of course you got daredevil and then you've got, uh, you've got Foggy, right? Right. You'll have Ben Urich to, to to varying degrees. Like he's not really a factor in this run at all. There's like Yeah, he pops really... up
0: for like a like a couple pages in in yeah. and like that. Yeah, it. I don't I don't think Zdarsky is that
1: interested in Urich, uh, which is fine. He's in plenty of other stories, and so you get those, and then you have your. All your other characters that can cycle in and out as long as they're not dead you know they're not the five different women that, <laughs> that have died um who've been um, paged as you paged.
0: eloquently
1: coined in <laughs> i love that it's true it's true thanks kevin smith um <laughs> and so you can you can bring them out but then everyone usually brings in one or two new characters right and you're always sort of wondering like what will this new character kind of what will their dynamic be and having cole north be the the um antagonist basically to daredevil this detective who's like daredevil killed a guy i gotta bring him in yeah. and he just beat the hell out of him right i love that little duel in the street with all the cops <clears throat> it's great. watching yeah Oh, yeah, I love that with and the fallout of like, so you just, the, the, the chief of police is like, so you decided to fist fight <laughs> a masked hero in the middle of the street while everyone watched. Um, and you thought there were going to be no repercussions for this. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and that's, well, and that's like the interesting thing about the run is that there are repercussions, that there's legal repercussions and personal repercussions and things yeah. like this. So like, you did this. In a world where there is law enforcement and prison and cops, so things are going
0: to, like, react. Yeah. You know, you don't exist outside of it. And you could almost, I mean, you could almost call this run Truth and Consequences, like, because, Mm -hmm. like, there's there's such a heavy focus on the reactions to everything like if something happens immediately like the a plot is like everyone reacting to it the repercussions that have politically legally personally and Mm -hmm. there's a big focus on that especially with the Cole north character Mm -hmm. and i kind of got this like idea reading you know rereading this first arc where i was like this is like if shiny new you know jim gordon popped in and batman was in like year 10 instead of like them like coming in around the same time where he's Mm -hmm. like what are you guys talking about like he's a criminal (laughs) yeah guys yeah i love that and this is the most like gotham city new york has ever felt to me yeah i can see that and i mean obviously it's translated zadarsky is doing some great work over at dc right now Absolutely crushed a Justice League run. Well, Justice League mini, that was really, really good. But I think this perspective of having Cole come in and be like, look, I have a set of principles. I see the world in black and white. You are wrong or you are right. You are either a criminal or you're justice. And I'm going to focus on justice. And I kind of love that, especially in the second volume, we get mm-hmm. to see him kind of war on Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A and very poor, poorly thought out undertaking. Really, really poorly done. Just because he just he cannot catch this guy to save his life. He can't. He just, he's just not equipped. And we get to see like after at, at the conclusion of the first arc, um, not only has daredevil had to hang it up essentially but we also see that cole north is realizing how difficult things are here he's realizing that new york is not like chicago it's not the way that he was brought up and the um their perspective that he has on justice and on you know the law and on what's right is incredibly morally gray in this new setting Mm -hmm. and as he starts to learn throughout the second volume which i would say focuses on cole as much if not more than than matt we get to see him realizing how deep in he is you know there are cops who are incredibly crooked who you know follow (laughs) him home after like his involvement they beat the crap out of him in a park before he's saved by the owls men and it's just they put his partner in the hospital yeah yeah and they're like we are going to push you out of this city and that's just what's gonna happen and even after like He gets, you know, saved by the Owl's men. He's the very next issue. He's in the hospital and he's like telling them what happened, giving him the names of the cops that attacked him. (laughs) He's so by the book. And you love to see characters like this in these kind of stories because you, at least for me, I can't wait to see how they're broken from this. Yeah. I I can't wait to see what shifts their perspective from being so rigid to being more fluid. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: which is an interesting... It's it's North and, and Matt are going are going through a similar process but almost in opposite directions, right? Where Cole is like black and white, like you said, on this side of the law, and this is everything that you know can and can't be done. And Daredevil is also pretty black and white, right? Of what what's right and wrong, and also, but also his sort of exemption from from these rules. And so th- all this together starts, starts to kind of break them and, and make them understand, like, the greater complexity of the world, the greater complexity of, like, their role in everything that's happening. And I think it's really interesting because then you get Cole being like, well, the law isn't, you know, the, there's, like, the rule of law, but then there's, like, actual justice, right? Yeah. And then you get Daredevil being like, well, what is justice within like the, the actual law and how am I supposed to submit myself to it? And yeah, so Daredevil gives up being Daredevil. Um, and then for the next several issues, which is, you know, issues like six, seven, eight, he's not Daredevil anymore, not doing anything. But then there's this um, scene where he he's like alone in his apartment. Yeah. And he's hearing everything that's happening. He's hearing all the people calling out for help. And he just keeps dialing 911. It's like is reporting crimes. Like to report a at this and this, like he knows exactly where it's going, where it's going on, so he's just trying to make some sort of difference.
0: I remember he can't can't stop. Reading that for the first time I got chills. Mm -hmm. Like just him sitting in his apartment, just like reporting crimes. And he just like he can't help himself. Like he has to be involved somehow. And we see throughout these next few next few issues that other people are getting involved as well. People Mm -hmm. are putting on their own daredevil masks and involving themselves in vigilante justice. And whether it's right or wrong, I don't think is heavily focused on, you know, the idea of, is it, you know, is it wrong for these people to be taking, you know, justice into their own hands. It's more of a commentary on how much daredevil as an icon and as a symbol means to hell's kitchen. Yeah. And, this flies in the face of our third protagonist of this story wilson fisk yes wilson fisk gets as much if not arguably more screen time than matt murdoch does and this story is fascinating because i think the best the best daredevil stories at least for me always eventually come back to the kingpin Like that was something that I loved about the Wade Insomni run was that he's not in that book for the majority of it. But you can Mm -hmm. feel his fingerprints so that Mm -hmm. when it finally comes back to the point where they are face to face, it's like it was always going to come here. And I yeah, yeah, I just I love that. And I love his involvement in the story as well, because we see him because he's the mayor at the start of this. He's big fish in a small pond and very quickly he learns just how small his pond is. Yeah. And uh, he starts, he interacts with Fisk a few times
1: and absolutely like hates interacting with him. He's like, Oh my God, I never want to talk to him again. Like I don't want anything to do with him. And he, I mean, again, Cole's um, arc is not corruption. It is, it is just a better understanding of justice. Yeah. So, I think I think maybe the worst thing this this run could ever do is like corrupt Cole North. Agreed. Like I would hope that would never happen. I would I would rather I would rather see him die than than actually be corrupted that way.
0: I'm but, surprised he didn't. To be honest I with did, you, I thought
1: he was going to die in inferno. I Same. really thought he was going to be like, and I was like, I was really I was really glad that he didn't. Um, thought he was going to get
0: crushed like by Stoltman. That's yeah. how he was going to go.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I thought I thought that too. And also this. Um, this arc also introduces the stromwinds
0: yes who who
1: are important to this brother and sister who are basically the, the larger worst. figures of social corruption right they own like everything they're bigger they than the, the money they are the money they like kingpin controls the money but the stromwinds are the money so you get this if you're talking about big fish in a little pond now the kingpin is a big fish in a little pond too yeah so they get introduced and eventually find out their purposes among their many different things is that they want to buy hell's kitchen. They want to buy up hell's kitchen and turn it out and change it into whatever they want.
0: Yeah. Straight up uh, gentrification. They want to buy it up. They want to ruin it, buy it up cheap, build their own stuff and sell it off. And that's kind of their deal, but they're not the only family that gets brought into this. We also get introduced to the Libri family, the Libris Mm -hmm. family. I, so I guess when, I go back and forth. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, specifically, we first meet Mindy, who is the owner in quotations, very specifically in quotations of this bookstore that Matt happens into. And immediately when Mindy is introduced, I'm like, Mm That there's something about this.
1: Right. And uh, he's like so into her and she doesn't want anything to do with him at first.
0: Which is what's that only... so like intoxicating for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, he, uh, it's It's like, like Nightwing. A, he's just used to getting tail anywhere he goes.
1: Well, I was I was thinking about um, George Costanza and Seinfeld. There's an episode <laughs> where he's like, um, "This woman can't stand me, Jerry. Uh, it's, it's irresistible." <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's so that's it's just my Seinfeld adult brain. You know, in well, the of New York.
0: Well, I mean, we have we have to have all pop culture pop up in these podcasts I sure mean, we already got our obligatory wrestling stuff out at the very mm-hmm. beginning yeah But so yeah. probably won't be the end of it but knowing us anyway but we get to find out that mindy is part of one of the biggest crime families in the entire city and yeah. specifically the family that kind of runs the territory of hell's kitchen yes and it's this it, whole family that's now just a new new addition but yeah places them within larger context and it feels they don't feel like out of place as new additions they feel like yes of course he's just meeting them for the first time and matt says already like yeah i know about you i know all the things you've done he goes to dinner and it's a real (laughs) messed up thing for mindy Uh, yes real messed up because she brings she invites matt to dinner with her family and when matt gets there he's not only bullied by her brother or (laughs) I guess technically her brother-in-law, Dante, but also Mindy's got a husband and he is not happy to see Matthew Merck. Uh. (laughs) And as Matt kind of settles in, he finds out, oh, wait, that's Izzy Labris. That's Grandma LaVisha Labris. Oh, I'm having dinner with a crime family. (laughs) This is bad. And I just, I love the juxtaposition of Izzy who is a she's a new addition as well but she feels lived in she feels like she's been there the entire time just the way that characters interact with her the way that characters talk about her and I like how she is kind of brought into this um, rivalry with Owsley as well as Hammerhead because at the beginning of the second volume Wilson steps down as Kingpin. He's basically like, I am moving on to bigger and better things. You guys figure this out. And I will continue to turn a blind eye to your your bullshit. But we are going to, like, do things new here. And immediately yeah. Owlsley's just like, all right, I'm the new Kingpin. I don't care what anyone <laughs> says. I'm the new Kingpin. That's very in line for the owl,
1: right? Yes. Maybe different power, but this whole, like totally entitled thinking that he's like them, always the most powerful that no one can mess with him very much in line. And yeah, so this, the Libra's family, Matt has an affair with Mindy gets caught up with this. And then um, uh, eventually starts fighting crime again uh, because of this uh, boy that gets kidnapped. And so uh, I, I do love the makeshift look. He just has his normal clothes on and then he ties like a, a white scarf over the top yeah. of his face. Looks great, um, especially when Fornes draws it, too. Agreed. And then we see this police corruption. They tr- decide to kill Cole um, in the station. Oh, wild. Um, and Matt is there because he's been visiting um, his client. Because he's, he's a parole uh,
0: officer now.
1: Yeah, he's a parole officer now. And he, his client is actually the brother, the younger brother of the guy that he... Killed, yeah. um, Which adds all sorts oh, of so good emotional complexity to the whole thing, and his guilt, and it's a great um, fight scene there. As, as as Daredevil leaps into action, saving Cole, and you get this again continued complications as Cole is, you know, wrestling wrestling with what all of this means and what he's supposed to be doing about this. It, it's really good. Um, again, I love the way the Forness draws. Um, he he's very. He's a blend of, of Aha and mm-hmm. um, uh, he has he, He's really great. I, I love his style. Agreed. I w- wish that he drew more of this. I have not read Rorschach. Um,
0: I read the first issue and I was like, I am not going to be able to read this issue to issue. I have to read this as a whole because I am not going to get this. Speaking of Frank Urary, Frank Miller is a
1: character in Rorschach. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> you're right. He is. He shows up, he's like, Hi, I'm Frank Miller. How are you? He literally I don't says know why. That.
0: that's that's the first page of Royce. Hey Frank.
1: Hey, hey Frank Miller, Frank. how how's it going? Oh you, All you know, 9-11? just celebrating Frankuary.
0: What, what do you think about 9 11 <laughs> But throughout this, uh throughout this first chapter, we also anytime that Matt is feeling lost. As we've seen in different map media, he goes to the church that he visited as a child. And in several interactions, he interacts with Sister Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And this is a character that I remember the first time reading through it was like, who is this? Like, I know, I get it, it's Sister Elizabeth. Like, who is this person to Matt? Like, what are we... Yeah. What are we doing here? And as we get into the second chapter that I call Running with the Devil... uh, Good title, good title. Thank you, thank you. uh, Which is... The way I have it divvied up is issues 11 through... uh, 24? 11 through 24. Okay, makes sense. So I divvy that up. And it shows that the city is being influenced by the absence of daredevil you know we see that matt wants to help and he's realized throughout the first chapter that he can't not involve himself when it comes to you know stopping crime dealing with that and so he is encountered by electra and let me just say this right out front electra I don't think is ever drawn as gorgeous as she is by Fornus and Chiquetto or Chiquetto. I want to say this, right? I want to say, cause I always say these wrong. I say it's every, K- just in general, I say everyone's last name's wrong. <laughs> it's all right. Until it's, someone, it is, me. it is Chiquetto. Chiquetto. It He's uh, Italian, I think. And Chiquetto. Uh, Chiquetto. And, and Aja is always, every single time. I always say Aja and I just, I can't, unwrite that on my brain but <laughs> kiketo and fornes i mean they draw electra like she's this otherworldly creature mm-hmm. like and every single time she pops up in the story she's um, she immediately draws attention whether it's through her actions whether it's through her appearance like she is such a I want to say such a contrast to Matt, who is Mm. as the story goes on looking more haggard, which (laughs) is I something like really small, but I love about runs is when they begin to beat down your character. Like that's something that's beautiful about born again. You just get to see Matt just continue to look worse as the story goes (laughs) along. And it's the same here, which I really enjoy.
1: Yeah. He's, he's scruffy his hair's unkempt. yeah he's not taking care of himself for quite a while and she has this beautiful mane of hair she's she floats basically like through the panels she's so graceful and and just perfect and yeah so she decides to take him under her wing retrain him right get him back into fighting shape and that's the idea right of like daredevil has fallen and given up now Matt has decided, okay, I can't be Daredevil, but I still have to make a difference. And to do that, I have to be like the best version of myself that I can be. So this whole retraining with Electra, who at the moment doesn't initially doesn't remember that he's Matt. Yeah. Um, eventually does. Um, we get Through a reveal. Shenanigans. Yeah. She says, cause
0: I died. Okay. All right. Well, whatever. It's like, <laughs> it yeah, she matter. does that all the time. That makes sense.
1: Yes. And, uh, uh, eventually remembers we get the reveal um and so they train to be better and also to try and make a difference find out what's going on with like this they kind of get on the tail of the Stromwinds, winds figuring out what's going on with them they
0: find out from you know listening to the police chief that there is some kind of edict that yeah. cops don't go into hell's kitchen yes and as just right. a quick aside because we mentioned the like the thrown together um not Daredevil costume. There's like one page that was in here, and then also in the like Marvel 1000 that was uh also drawn by Fornes and written mm-hmm. by Zadarsky, where Matt is in this like red tracksuit yeah. with his <laughs> yeah. arms taped up, and I'm like, why is this not used more? This is a cool look for him, dude. Put more superheroes in tracksuits. Put more superheroes in tracksuits, bro. I.
1: I <laughs> I love the uh, tracksuit
0: Iron Fist look. Yes. I think it's so cool. Agreed. Absolutely agree. We, if we ever see a live action Iron Fist again, put him back in the tracksuit. suit. I didn't realize that they ever did one. Uh, They were planning on it. They were planning (laughs) on it with the success of Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, but they just decided not to because they failed. Kind of like Inhumans.
1: They just decided not to do it after all. Inhumans? Um, i'm only i'm only the x-men i'm only familiar with the x-men yeah oh, okay okay yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> so um, i love yeah i love the tracksuit look i love the look that he gets with the stealth all black with like yeah. the, the it's very season he, three of daredevil like mm-hmm. look this is still better than that season three look of daredevil i it like that super tactical this, this You're is right. really cool. This is really cool.
0: He has like the Nightwing like escrima stick holders mm-hmm. like on yeah. his back with like the h- shoulder holsters. Yes. Cool look. Really oh, yeah. Maybe,
1: I mean, it, it's it's fun. I, it's fun to see this like not
0: Daredevil look and yeah. what he's trying to do and what he's trying to figure out. Um, and it makes looks- covers like issue 16 really pop because you have like the red bandana on... Electra, you have the black cover, you know, covering his face bandana for Daredevil. It um, Complements really well. The covers by Tedesco, who
1: uh, Julian Totino Tedesco, amazing. So the good. first twenty
0: or so he did. Um, yeah, this one, the king, yeah. the Kingpin cover for issue thirteen. Yes, iconic. That that bloody yeah, the, the his use of. Um, I think it's,
1: it's watercolors. I'm not entirely sure what his media is that he's using. I mean, it could be really great digital art, but it looks amazing. I love what he does um, with, with everything. And it's this sort of, you can see the brushstrokes, right. on everything. And it gives it this great texture and it really sets an interesting tone for the book because, you know, so much of this is about Matt's faith, right. And his, Mm -hmm. his struggle With his guilt, with his faith, with his beliefs, and they do feel to some degree like they could be um, old, you know, um,
0: Renaissance paintings to some degree, evocative of that. But at the same time, they feel like almost like detective noir book covers.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, like this one is so yes, oh, all white, the all white
1: Daredevil. Oh my God, I'll find yeah. But amazing. So Tedesco's not doing the book anymore. Just um, the mic. Try really try not to bump the mic, but I bumped the mic. I'm it's sorry. Okay. It's okay. I bump um, the mic all the time. And uh, it's unfortunate. I don't know what Tedesco's doing now. Usually. I think, uh, I think he's doing the, uh, the action comics
0: variants. Okay. I mean, I'm sure he's getting paid that money. So they're incredible. I have to say, but yeah. Yeah, in this, in this chapter, the Stromwinds kind of become the center focus for everything. Yes. Right? Like, we talked about uh, they get on the trail of the Stromwinds because ultimately it's discovered that they are the reason that cops don't go into Hell's Kitchen. At the same time, Wilson Fisk is trying to up his stock. He's trying to move into the bigger market, the worldwide, the international market. Cause he's been he's been small time essentially he's been just a citywide guy yeah and now he's dealing with like governors and like all these people with like overseas assets I love the dinner scene where he's like well yes I've dabbled in spices and yeah worked on and it's like that is a very PC way of saying that you deal in drugs and is- I appreciate it which is a good callback cuz i didn't remember this until i was doing some research
1: for another video but um his he falls from power in last rights in 300 and years later he regains power in asia in the pages of x-men as a spice trader that is his cover oh that's amazing so yeah so there you go there's the spices uh the spice must flow as, as we all know as, as from, we all do
0: yes and I I wish he had, like, expanded on that, though. He's like, yes, I've dealt in spices when I dueled with the X-Men. You might have heard of them. Might have heard of them. (laughs) (laughs) They go to space sometimes. (laughs) Not often enough for my liking, but... But, yeah, I think it's really interesting, because that dinner scene is fascinating, because Mm -hmm. we always see Kingpin in this position of power, talking down to people, and seeing him, like, openly ridiculed by this guy Tyrone (laughs) is just... Every every dinner party has a Tyrone, and he's always terrible. <laughs> yeah, and it's
1: like there's the the two sides where you're like, I can't believe, like, wow, like they're really like giving it to Fisk. I can't believe that this is happening. And then at the same time, I'm like, do you know who this guy is? <laughs> like, and then we find out he finds gets to find out who
0: this guy is because Fisk brutally, bloodily murders him in the bathroom. It's so good because and they pref- they like yeah they um what is the word they foreshadow it Mm. at the dinner party where they're like yeah we've got our hands dirty here but wilson have you killed anyone and you see him just like give this side eye and a little smirk (laughs) and i'm like oh boy has he he crushes people's heads like grapes on the regular (laughs) on the regular it's like a it's like a routine thing for him
1: and which is an interesting thing, because I know like the he gets elected mayor, you know, kind of through corruption, right, through rigging it. But it is his totally idea. Like unlike the real world. No, 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 no. But uh, it get, gets to him to, to try to separate himself right from from his past ways. And this is continuing that trajectory. And then he falls into this violence, right? He just loses he it. it. Yeah, it's a that the, when he kills him, it's the nine panel grid and like five of the panels are just blood splatter right and it's very evocative there's a lot of stuff like that like that and like of course with the death in in the first issue where you're like i can't believe this actually happened yeah like zadarski is very good at making you think here's the limit of the comic you know where there's certain lines i'm not going to cross and then popping across that line real quick yeah but he doesn't do it like
0: in a gratuitous way it's yeah. always to further the plot or further the characters. Yes, definitely. Like, the moment him him killing Tyrone not only um, progresses his story with the Stromwinds, but it also strengthens our perception of his relationship with Wesley. I mm-hmm. love in issue 13 when, like, he calls Wesley for help. Yeah. And Wesley's just like, all right, cool. I'm going to fix this. And, like, goes to work. Yeah. It's very, very cool. And... I just I I love Wesley as a character um, and I've I, I'm still bitter that the show got rid of him in the first season. I know uh, we couldn't hear we couldn't hear Fisk go, Wesley, you are my Wesley. best friend. You're my number one. A guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong mob boss. Sorry. Sorry.
1: I do love, I, though, in Batman 89 that later uh, Nicholson is directly. um um parodying Palance in the same movie, you are number one, a guy,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so good. And then he shoots him, it's terrible. Poor yeah, Bob, poor Bob. Bob the goon, poor Bob the goon, who had a
1: toy and everything, very he important. Did. The, um, the best the, Bob that that is the
0: height gun, just <laughs> so good, but um. But yeah he, and, and the so, strong ones are they be, they take offense to this not because they killed their friend not because he <laughs> killed their friend he's like we don't care tyrone sucks like tyrone was awful and he was not long for this world but you killed him in our home we had cops walking through our halls asking questions and so we have to punish you and so i i just i love the corporate In political intrigue the thriller aspect of this series and it makes the journey that wilson goes on very notably different from the journey that matt goes on because Mm -hmm. we see them each of them struggle each of them go through an identity change trying Mm -hmm. to deal with what essentially what is my life without the other person involved yeah and you see how things go without the other you know mm-hmm. wilson even like says at a certain point he's like he's gone like i'm happy like i <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that he's out and i can like move on with my life yeah and daredevil to a certain extent is the same way he's not dealing with any fisk stuff he's mm-hmm. not even worried about fisk he's dealing exclusively with strong winds and when Elektra's like hey Let's just steal a bunch of their money. Like he is more than willing to get in on that. Yeah. And finding out the the whole purpose of Electra. Coming to Matt. Training him back up. Getting him back in the fighting shape. Was just so that she could steal money. <laughs> incredible. An incredible yeah. grift.
1: Yes. Well, she always has a secondary purpose. And she has a secondary purpose for here. And later, she's going to have another secondary purpose um, uh, as well. So, yeah, you get this, like, collision course, right? Which leads us to Inferno. But the the big other personal plot point for Daredevil that's really important is that he visits Mrs. Carraro. Yes. Who is the mother of, of the man that he killed, the young man that he killed. And her other son is, like hey, my parole officer, Matt Murdock, is Daredevil. Like, because he (laughs) has to put on the costume and and he he covers his face and goes to work in front of him. And so it's this whole, it's, it's, it's one of the best scenes of the entire run. It is, it's beautiful. It's emotional. And um, he comes to her and she's like, I know what you did. I know who you are. You killed my boy. He was, you know, not living a great life, but he didn't deserve to die. Yeah. And he's just, he's just, you know Matt is like so, totally just bereft yeah and then she goes I forgive you Oh, and he's oh. like you you forgive me and she hugs him it's so good because she, she talks yeah.
0: about like because the other son she's mm-hmm. like he, he came to me and told me this because he doesn't know what to do yeah because he he sees how much you're helping but he wants to punish you yeah but I can see looking at you and all the things that you're doing and who you are standing in this kitchen, you are, no one is punishing you more than yourself. And Mm -hmm. that's such a, it's like lady, have you been reading the last like 40 years of Matt (laughs) Murdoch stories? Because you get it. You absolutely get it. And this entire run up to this point has been Matt punishing himself Mm -hmm. for a mistake. And it's fascinating to see how the perception of Matt and of daredevil is examined and communicated through the story. Like we, again, we get to see the rise of these street level daredevils, which is, you know, silly to say because he's a street level hero. But seeing these just normal, average ass people like, oh, there's a mugging happening. Uh, I'm going to reach into my bag and pull out a daredevil mask and deal with this. Like (laughs) it's. (laughs) incredibly cool there's a moment where uh one of the daredevils i believe his name is hector uh gets roughed up by some cops mm-hmm. when uh uh when uh matt and foggy are, uh, are about to get brunch and i love the 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 feint here where like these off-duty cops have hector like bound inside of this like derelict apartment there's a knock at the door, and you're expecting, oh, Daredevil, or Matt's about to bust in here and just kick ass. Door opens, and it's foggy. And he's like, hey, yeah, I'm. that's my client. I'm on the phone with another lawyer, and if something happens, they'll know about it. So untie <laughs> him.
2: <laughs>
0: and it's just, it really reaffirms their friendship. Like, I don't mm. think there's a better run of Daredevil that examines the Matt and Foggy relationship than the Wade Somni run. Yeah. But this one really, at least in this scene, really gets at the heart of that relationship. Because Definitely. we see the two of them, like, interacting and basically playing this, like, this feint, this grift to try and, like, <laughs> talk their way out of this. And when the guys realize that Foggy's bluffing, they try to go for him when, you know, Matt steps in masked up and everything and draws them away. But mm-hmm. it's... It's really it's interesting you see the escalation in in this story and in this chapter into Inferno when everything yeah. is basically like, Look, Fisk's out of here, um, Owsley's making a play, like none of this is like going right. So the strongwinds are like, you know what? Scorched Earth, burn it down. And <laughs> yeah. they call in this all-star hit squad. Of D listers to come in and raise Hell's Kitchen to the ground. You've got Stiltman looking at them right here. The
1: lineup: Stiltman, Rhino, Crossbones, Bullet, and Bullseye. And Bullet being in there again—that's an Ascenti character, right? So um, you can see all that And Yeah, and that. But you're like, oh, that's an interesting selection. And then you see, like, in issue 19, just the
0: absolute just the terror damage they're, they're doing.
1: Yeah, that they're just like. Like a maximum impact squad, right? That they can just start blowing things up, smashing everything immediately. Yeah, yeah. So um, we talked we talked about this in our best Daredevil issues. So I don't know if we need to go into super detail, but it is it is it's the culmination of the story of for the first twenty issues. Like right. really the the first twenty issues are like a really full and complete story for yeah. Daredevil. And this is the big action climax, and specifically for Matt to reclaim the idea of Daredevil and become like the fully reformed hero, right? So where we went from a Daredevil who's having trouble fighting three looters uh, to him fighting the these crazy superhero uh, supervillains who are scarier than ever. Stiltman who's terrifying,
0: the most terrifying version of Stiltman we've ever seen.
1: Who has four legs on each leg yeah multiple all these and dropping bombs smashing everything and matt
0: even mentions it in the fight he's just like still man, sucks but he's got bombs and this is a bad this is bad news and so he and he and cole team up this is like the big turning point for them where cole's like you know what we're we're ride or die now we're heading into hell's kitchen i love the monologue he gives in the police station where it's like look there's a missing kid are you going to do your jobs are we going to yeah. cops let's do this yeah. that's right yeah and it's so good rallying cry like Cole North hell yeah like he, <laughs> he 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 rules and so like they kind of ride into Hell's Kitchen as it's being burned down Wilson Fisk takes his time getting there but eventually we see him fighting back to back with Daredevil Mm -hmm. so cool i love that panel yeah and this is the big reveal where sister elizabeth is revealed to be typhoid mary Mm -hmm. which is such a left field choice right like (laughs) i prior to this do you do you know what the last appearance of typhoid mary was before this because i don't i think her last appearance was in
1: a different series she'd been out of daredevil for a while i don't think she was in soul's run Mm-hmm. I don't think and she I wasn't
0: don't, I don't Wade's remember her run, Wade's run either
1: um, and she's I don't think she's in Shadowland uh, she's not in Brubaker she's briefly in Bendis so yeah she. It, it, I don't know she popped up in a few other little things here and yeah. there but again this is yeah she hadn't been used in Daredevil substantially at least a long time at
0: almost a decade at this yeah, point I would like, think unless I'm missing something which I'm sure we are I'm sure someone's going to correct us But like her (laughs) popping up here at like the 11th hour is just (laughs) like, okay, now we got to deal with this too. Great. I love it. And when Matt finally takes the mask back, he puts it on. He's like, I'm Daredevil. at the end of issue 19 i remember just jumping out of my chair like we obviously we talked in depth about inferno last year but it bears repeating that for me this is the climax of the series like this is as good as it gets you get all all the residents of hell's kitchen you get
1: all the um temporary daredevils right you get fisk um and you get Matt who are here to fight these guys who again you're D-list, maybe maybe C-list, depending. Although Bullseye, I think, is an A-lister. Yeah, is um, an A-lister. Although so he has he, he a,
0: kind of pulls up the team by association. Although his costume here is like F-list. Bad. It's real <laughs> bad. <laughs> it's a very bad costume,
1: which they change in his experience thankfully. thankfully. But um you get all that and so it's it's very satisfying it's again we're talking about like the action the pacing from Kiketto. and you get Matt the fully reformed hero right who is here and, and he is do, he is so hyper concentrated on making this happen exactly as it needs to yeah um, he says you're Matt Murdoch you're Daredevil and out of infinite possibilities there's only one way this is going to go <sighs> so cool. my way and then the way he's pinging around them fighting them he stuffs the butt of a, a broken knife in rhino's mouth like, rhinos choke them. the way he's just destroying everyone he is so perfect that he deflects like a dozen shots from bullseye <laughs> um, who just runs off right yeah he's just like wait okay i'm done i'm, I'm done here yeah and then mary helps too yeah she's helping And again, this is where I thought where she disappears. I thought maybe she's done. Maybe she's gone forever. And then I I, I love
0: the like when they're like, all right, we're going to team up. Uh, Daredevil's like, all right, draw rhino to the river. He can't swim. It's going to be great. Then come back. And then later on in the fight, we see typhoid. Mary comes like he can swim. He can swim. And she's (laughs) being chased by the rhino really good. Yeah, like comedy without it being overbearing or feeling out of place. Yeah, which I really yeah. like so and then he he
1: turns himself over yeah he gets him, lets himself be arrested to be tried for his his crimes which is again it makes it it's again it's like I can't believe that happened but it makes sense within the, the scope of this whole run um, right so again uh, this is sort of like Dante's Inferno Dante's divine comedy of mm-hmm. of of Matt going through hell, seeing the worst of humanity, confronting the devil, being purified through his experience and prison playing like purgatory for him. Right. You know, if we're working our way from hell up through purgatory into the light, then this is this is the climax of pushing out of hell.
0: Yeah. You know? And um and for the next 5 yeah. issues after that starting with uh, issue 21 um we see kind of the fallout we get to see the repercussions of his actions and of him turning himself in so he gets you know, i love he's he gets his mug shot done they bring him in they're like fingerprints he's like nah they gotta keep the gloves on <laughs> and he is arrested as daredevil because the crime was committed as daredevil and they they're able to strike this You know, this unprecedented like deal with the uh, with the DA basically saying like, hey, superheroes can be brought in under their superhero identities to testify. So why can't they be arrested and tried and charged? So he's able to keep his mask. He's able to keep his identity. He's let out on bail. And he basically says, okay, I am going to go and I'm going to try and do as much as I can before i go to prison because i just i know that that's what's going to happen and so he tries to do as much as he can in that time and wedged in between this this little saga his you know his final days before he goes to prison is this little little annual (laughs) little (laughs) annual which zadarsky had a lot of fun with doing and i remember this distinctly doing the uh the promotion for it because specifically it was called one more day yeah and immediately when i saw that title i'm sure like a lot of people i panicked
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> it's it, it's
1: it's weird this is where the series goes into its next phase yeah and i just there's a lot of good things that happen in the second section second half less i guess it's less than half yeah yeah I just don't think we're as strong in the second half as we are in the first half. Totally agree. There's a lot of interesting ideas. Um, we can skip around, hopping around, stuff like yeah, that. So it,
0: it just turns into a different book. Yeah. So Mike Murdoch, <laughs> did, did, <laughs> Mike Murdoch, Matt's fictional twin that he created. Yeah. And that he killed reasons. off. And then, that like, killed it, off. that's in right. Like
1: issue 30 of the original oh, comic God. there's been little hints because he used to wear a a fedora yeah and these like or a little trilby long, at one point yeah, yeah and these long sunglasses uh and he's like and i'm mike, mike murdoch i'm matt's free hey. yeah
0: because he needed he's, to somehow... he's my cousin vinny for
1: <laughs> for matt murdoch and there's like there's a little. I think it's the end of the first volume of Wade's Run. The cover has him, you know, packing yeah, up and everything, right. and he's holding the little head, like the fake head with the hat and the glasses yeah. on it, and stuff like that. Um, and so Soul made us that that Mike became a real per, uh, Mike became a real person, <laughs> but not a fully real person.
0: You can he's hear like the excitement this, whenever he talks about Soul. He's uh,
1: like this this fake person he's not completely real but he does have his own body but everyone knows that he's not real he's like so matt's fictional brother came to life and he's alive now but we know that he's fictional he didn't really have a brother <laughs> uh whatever it, it's ballsy of 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 zadarski to keep some of these threads running right yeah. the purple children and, and mike and all this sort of stuff mayor fisk like keeping it going And again, it does fit with what he's trying to do, right? So in this one more day annual, Mike gets a hold of, is it the Nornstones? Yeah, he gets hold of a Nornstone that the hood
0: was in possession of.
1: Yeah, and manages to make himself a real boy. And (laughs) so now Matt Murdock has always had a twin brother. Yeah, And uh, they're going to undo this by the end of this run.
0: They have to.
1: Yeah, this you have to is, like no, I'm not looking at this being like, how dare you change the sacred origin of Daredevil or anything like, like it doesn't matter. It, like this, is, this isn't you know this is comic books. Like you want if you want to read like yeah. the first 600 issues of Daredevil, you don't have to force yourself to think like where's Mike Murdoch? You, like you don't have to do that. Yeah. Um. So now he's real. Now he has an entire history. Now he's always been his actual twin brother, and he's teamed up because he, he's not a great guy yeah yeah he's always been the black sheep freewheeling yeah <laughs> freewheeling mike murdoch he doesn't although he doesn't wear the hat and the glasses he's got to put her on at some point i think he um, has to he's teamed up with butch and butch yes. is kingpin's long lost son hell yeah so we in we one, see a
0: murdoch and a fisk working together
1: which is a very interesting concept, and in one issue, Zdarsky goes retcon, retcon, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and it's like, okay, all right, all right, but unfortunately, interesting
0: because he had he yeah. layered that Butch character mm-hmm. in throughout those first twenty issues. Yeah,
1: like he's like, oh, here's a guy he's working with the Owl, blah blah, blah like that kind of thing. you like, and then he's like, oh, he's Fisk's son. You're like, oh, he does look like Fisk's son.
0: <laughs> I buy that.
1: And um, what I, you don't realize until like the second to last issue is that Fist didn't know he had a son. Yeah. So, and he finds out, he's like, Oh my God, wait, what? Um, and so interesting concepts. So we can kind of, I think with the, the last 15 issues, let's kind of just smear it all around. Let's talk about. Yeah. We're yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So j- just for, just for me, cause I'm, I'm on my bullshit. Um, <laughs> Chapter 2, uh, Running with the Devil, issues 11 through 24. Last chapter, chapter 3, issues 25 through 36 is Down with the Devil. And that's that's my that's my bullshit. I like but, it. I like it. But yeah, so like we do... Return s- of Kirsten McDuffie also. Yes! I was just about to talk about that. The best Daredevil love interest ever fight me. I, I agree. I love agree. Kirsten McDuffie. Like... The best she's so and I was so happy when he brought her back for this and it's like because of course They're trying to like do a trial. They're trying to like prove his innocence They're foggy wants to bring in the best lawyer and they established in the Wade insomni run that kirsten McDuffie is a hell of a lawyer Mm -hmm. and so the team of her foggy and Matt Murdock tonight played by mike murdoch yeah <laughs> uh, just is what a powerhouse trio for like a defense just on paper like incredible stuff but we do get to see her dealing with like the fallout from souls run which mm-hmm. i will never forgive for breaking <laughs> up
1: at least it didn't kill her thank god was, when the, the start of that run where i'm like where's kirsten and matt's like something horrible
0: happened in san francisco i'm like
1: charles soul where's kirsten you son of a (laughs) yeah i
0: i was needless to say very happy to see her back uh we get the you know daredevil's trying to make this plot of like okay i'm gonna have tony buy out hell's kitchen from under the Mm strong winds it doesn't work out some you know, other buyer comes in. He's like, no, I got to go back out. I got to make sure Hell's Kitchen's in good hands. And then at the trial, he mm-hmm. finds out Electra used the money she stole from the <laughs> Stromwinds to buy Hell's Kitchen. She's so great. She's amazing. No matter what I think about
1: the ups and downs of, of the second half, she's amazing. So Darsky doesn't. She's, does she's the best part of it. Incredible run on, on Electra here. Uh, he's got her voice down super well incredible she's yeah. a really complex character i love the whole jump me a little bit that she becomes the new daredevil hell yeah it's a it's a great choice it it pushes the plot forward in really interesting ways because now we're going from daredevil the concept being embodied by these amateurs in hell's kitchen to daredevil being embodied by electra who's decided not to kill Mm-hmm. he's going to try and embody the meaning of daredevil Has well, her blunted size yeah a really cool choice that this is how she fights right so she's really just cool. gonna have to make it non-lethal mm-hmm. um
0: the costume is so it's good perfection yeah like we talk about like really good designs and i think the the keto uh normal daredevil design for matt is really cool with the bandages kind of flowing off of him and like mm-hmm. the combat pants. But the design yeah. for dare for Electra Daredevil is just it's it's chef's kiss. Yeah. Yeah. And, I love it. And one little thing, because you talked about the vo- the voice that Zdarsky has for Electra every single time that she says his name, Matthew, I can only <laughs> picture Elodie Young, how she says Matthew in the show. Yeah. Like and it's oh it's so good so good for all my issues with daredevil season two and defenders
1: she's she's a great electra agreed she did a really good job even and especially with working with like some of the crap that they they get they put out (sighs) on the shows yeah um yeah so oh i love also the the next so spider-man comes in again at like issue 20 uh no issue 21 that's when like Daredevil tells him, like, you're not my, like, moral authority. Go to hell. Yeah. and like, then Get out of my apartment. Sh- yeah. And then a few issues later, they have another talk where Spider-Man's like, I'm sorry. Like, I need to tell you, like, I killed someone once, too. Calling back to Spider-Man versus Wolverine, um, which very few people talk about. But a we did talk cut. about it a bit when we, we talked about best Spider-Man stories, best single ones. Um, and, like, and then they they hug. It's an amazing hug uh and they they reconcile they talk and he's like you know daredevil feels like blessed you know he's like i should thank god for blessing me with great people in my life um
0: and it's one of the best it's one of the best friendships in comics like Mm -hmm. it doesn't get as much play nowadays but there was a time where it's like these guys were best friends like the the way that i was introduced to daredevil was through the spider-man cartoon like
2: Mm -hmm. it's yeah yeah
0: so fascinating this journey that they've been on across this story and getting to see them again when daredevil confronts the little like crime collective and he's like yeah i'm going to prison but like i'm not mm-hmm. alone and you see spider-man just like hanging out in the court in like the corner like on top of the swamp he's like sup <laughs> and then they go up on the roof he's like man i was trying to be real menacing how do you think it went like <laughs> just really cool yeah um so then i'm just looking at that
1: electro daredevil costume it's so good it's so like there.
0: you don't know how good it's going to be until you see it and then yeah. it's it could not be anything else yeah
1: it just works perfectly um i love the longer horns too yeah horns a little bit longer. and i do love that so matt goes to prison and he has a a, a mask it's this the half mask to pull over it's orange, like his jumpsuit and it has no horns. Cause that would be not safe to give to a prisoner. Yep, um, It's very iron fist like, yes. Um, so, you know, we go from there with Electra trying to protect hell's kitchen and Matt trying to stay alive in prison. Right. So, Oh, and then, and then this um, final should... reveal here, the, um, where because she she reveals
0: she reveals like the whole deal of her like deciding to do this is because like yeah i want to prove to you that i can do this so that you'll help me deal with the hand
1: right exactly that's what she like she's like i'm gonna need you she visits him and she breaks into the prison basically (laughs) and beats up a bunch of guys and and then he's like and then we get this flashback to her with stick and uh the fist needs a
0: queen and a king and only one of them can survive because right? they they talk about that the hand has an enemy older than the chaste, and that is the fist. fist And we don't know anything about this fist yeah. but now we know that electra is going to be positioned as the queen and she wants matt to be the king
1: yeah and then who knows what that means so
0: we touch on that what does that mean i don't know we we
1: touch on it briefly again later when we find out that like Izzy Libris who becomes the new Kingpin has struck a deal with the hand because she wanted her sons resurrected, right. Who are killed. Um, and so the, they had the hand haven't been revealed. I mean, who knows Zdarsky may pull like another Typhoid Mary and be like so-and-so and part was, of the hand the whole time. It's been the
0: ham the whole
1: time. Yeah. And might do that. You never know, but uh, they haven't been shown I guess guess I'm a little apprehensive because the hand is not that interesting.
0: No, Uh, no. When you're
1: like here, like the Kingpin, the Kingpin's been around for so long, but he's such a complex character. Goes through so many changes, represents so much. It has all these personal issues, right? Against his tough exterior. It can, you know, mean a lot of different things in the life of Daredevil. And then you get the hand who are just evil undead ninjas. like that's that's all they are they never go deeper than that it's
0: the difference between you know lex luthor and inner gang like they're just (laughs) this group of guys right yeah this oh no inner gang fight them (laughs) you know that
1: kind of thing they showed up so we'll see where it goes but i'm guessing that the hand aren't going to come into play until our next volume of daredevil right post devil's reign
0: daredevils Uh, we're not sure what it's gonna be but yeah we do get because it's interesting because i noticed reading through this i think it was it was issue i think it was issue 25 where like it ends off with the title being like the red fist part one right and And then then there's not a part two um, we don't get any parts because we jump straight into king and black yeah (laughs) and it's i don't know man like the these two issues are interesting for what they represent, mm-hmm. and for what they represent for Matt because he gets to struggle with uh, Null in very much the same way as he struggled with Mephisto during during the you know Nascenti yeah. run, which there I think go. is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's another another parallel. But we also get introduced to Alice who is going to be Electra's ward, essentially, going forward for the rest of the series. Yes, the speedy to her green arrow. Hell yeah. (laughs) Get her a speedy costume ASAP. (laughs) But, like, as much as I initially, like, groaned when I saw, like, oh, no, she's getting a sidekick, (laughs) I actually really dig her involvement in the Electra storyline, in the Electra portion of this. Cause we get to see her kind of training her cause her mom dies during the King and black invasion. And yes, Electra now has to deal with like, okay, I have to not only teach this kid how to fight and how to be a, you know, a street smart uh, assassin like me, but I also, you know, she has to learn stuff from her. She has to learn like, you know, stuff to hold back and like how to set an example and like mm-hmm. all the stuff that she needs to know as daredevil. And I really, yeah. I don't know. I like, any time that you get to kind of toy with a character's values. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's good. Uh, uh, I like the dynamic too. Um, it adds more to Electra because Electra's out there trying to figure out what's going on, trying to protect Hell's Kitchen, right? But there's not a major like specific enemy she's dealing with. It's more about her struggle to become what she's trying to be. Right. So giving giving this... This young character in, to her story is is important, and then meanwhile, Daredevil is fighting symbiotes <laughs> and is overtaken by Null and and becomes a, a Daredevil symbiote here with giant horns.
0: Um, what do you think about it's, that? It's fine, you know. <laughs> I I recently read the entire Venom run. Me too. I redacted, and you, you know, must not be named. The, the, <laughs> I recently, I, like re- I recently read the venom run by voldemort and <laughs> i thought he was great as someone I, who was not usually a venom guy outside of flash thompson mm-hmm. like yeah i dug
1: i enjoyed it too um i felt like the first half especially was really strong agreed and then i thought king and black was pretty strong
0: yeah and then just stuff in between that is fine but like Venom Island is like seven issues too long. Ven- Venom Island <laughs> and Venom beyond have a lot of problems, but the yeah. inclusion of any time that the symbiote goes, yeah, you know who was better? Flash Thompson. I mm-hmm. cheered every <laughs> single time, but <laughs> I, it's, it's funny because the, the use of King in black as like this, again, a big time, like war of the Realms style event Always felt weird to me, and maybe that's because Venom has never been like that big of a player in the yeah. greater Marvel universe. But the well, Game I Black think it's Venom because... really works.
1: I think it's I think well that an absolute carnage were like because that Venom run sold so well. Yeah, it got so popular that I think that Kate's ideas for okay, we're gonna hit the story beat and the story beat and the story beat. Marvel is like you're selling really well guess what buddy you get to be an event and maybe that's what's happening with devil's reign also honestly, maybe
0: yeah is
1: i know i'm sure that sadarski had certain things that he was going to hit and they're like red, hey
0: still waiting for red fist part two right
1: yeah well that'll kick off i don't know i don't know <laughs> who knows maybe it's, it's sort of like um Chris maybe we'll- Claremont's life, death uh, part yeah. one. And then it, many, oh, times, many yeah. issues later, life, death two, and then life, death three or something like that. Um, I don't know. Maybe eventually we'll get, I'm trying to think of, gosh, I, I, I'm blanking on a TV show, a TV show that did something like that too, where they had part one it very much marked. And then many, many episodes went by and then part two. And I thought it was really cool, but I'm trying to remember what that was. I don't remember. Um, I like the idea of Matt wrestling with a God. Yeah. you know, in his mind. I think that's pretty cool. Because um, again, so much of this is about his faith, his mm-hmm. belief. Um, I talked about this in my video on the Zadarsky run, but that the a lot of like the first 20 issues is this idea of justification uh, through the Catholic idea of justification, meaning it's your process of receiving God's grace and being transformed into a state of holiness. Right. right? And in Catholicism, you can lose your justification. It's not a permanent thing. Like you are transformed as a person and you need continual confession and atonement. Mm -hmm. And it's lived out through your works, but a mortal sin like killing will um, lose your justification. Mm -hmm. And you only, you have to go through confession and atonement and in order to regain your justification. So the idea of Matt confessing to his crime, pleading guilty, going to prison is an idea of confession and atonement lived out through the justice system, through justification as a person. Right. Right. So his time being in prison is an act of atonement. Mm-hmm. So it's not only him submitting himself to the law, but submitting himself to like God's law also. Right. So, you know, fighting crime can live out as justification, but if his justification has been removed then he can't be daredevil because the daredevil that he becomes in this is like this like ultimate fighter. Right. So this gets me get, this gets me to an issue that I have with the second half of the run. So I think we should, like I said, kind of smear some stuff together here. Let's do it. Yeah. He sends to two years, right? Yeah. Two years in prison. And a lot of the talk is interesting because we're talking about, the prisoners are like, you're not going to serve out your whole sentence, man. Like people, yeah, are like, you Mar- don't. Marcus do that.
0: is like, look, you're a you're a white superhero. Like, yeah. you thinking you're going to serve a full term is a fantasy. Marcus is great. I love him. He's great, and he's not in a ton, but he
1: is. Zadarsky again with like Cole North, like brings in these characters that like are like electric, mm-hmm. and they really have something special about them immediately. And that's a character with that. I like that he his. His it's really cool that they're
0: off more often than not people of color as yeah. well which i think yeah. is great
1: yeah i i really do appreciate that um that there's a, a big presence of that in in the comic and so and then he electrocutes daredevil in the electric chair to destroy this nullified yeah yeah nullified oh my god <laughs> <laughs> hey that um, that was an official marvel term oh my gosh oh i don't want any official marvel terms <laughs> They're terrible they are always terrible <laughs> um and so there's this whole thing of like so when he gets sentenced and he when he pleads guilty and gets sentenced to two years that's another moment in this where i'm like oh wow shocking i didn't realize it was going to be like that but it makes yeah. sense again with all the other stuff that's another plot point
0: but he doesn't he, he doesn't, doesn't serve out his two years i he, mean in real time he serves a year about it's, about, it, it's right? issue twenty-four to thirty-six, so that's a calendar yeah. year. Give yeah. or take delays and whatnot. But like, yeah, he he serves maybe like they don't even say six months.
1: Maybe there's a five-week time jump, right? For yeah, the final at issue. At the very end. Yeah. Five weeks. And, and uh <laughs> and like, oh yeah, five and nothing weeks. Nothing
0: right? wrong happened. <laughs> and so
1: there's this, so it's like so he's like, no, I'm going to stay. I'm going to do this. And then they introduce this other plot point of that there's this corruption in the prison mm-hmm. and that there's something going on with the warden. There's been these deaths. And is it like this like labor that people are, are being um, unlawfully subjected to that they're doing? And you find out that it's this experimentation. Yeah. This is another really weak point of, of this story called Resid. Resid. Resid yeah recidivism right yeah so um (laughs) that causes this anger flows out into the into the neighborhoods causes more crime so that more people can be imprisoned recidivism that sort of stuff this is flown by we are going lightning speed on this this could be it's not complicated and, and interesting. And, and it's, it's not
0: hitted it at throughout that entire thing until the very end. And it's wrapped up right away.
1: Yeah. And Matt, so Matt takes, they say, okay, do this for us. Find it out. And maybe you'll, and we can like commute your sentence. And he goes, I'm going to do it, but I don't want to commute my sentence. Right. He says, I, I still want to yeah. serve my time. He finds out about it. There's an explosion. He gets he gets exposed exposed to the stuff that makes him really angry he has this confrontation with cole who comes in he escapes um this is it's so fast and also you're doing matt taken over by Null, and then matt taken over by this like poison back back, back to back we are muddying the waters of his time in prison so much i like the arc where he's where the He's clearly like the warden clearly wants him dead and he's fighting. He's gets stabbed and all that sort of stuff. And he's trying to When he gets That's poisoned good.
0: and then fights all the inmates in the in the yeah. yard. It was very cool.
1: Really good. I like that. But it's the smallest portion. Like, and the idea that this would have to go on for years and he'd have to deal with this while Electra's out there is really interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: Draw it out, make it count, make you feel it. And again, I'm thinking about talking about Nacenti, Nascenti removes Matt from from New York, destroys his life and removes him from New York and sends him out for, and he's out for like two years, basically. Yeah. In, in the entire, her entire run, it's like half of her entire run. She's very willing to break the life, remove the central hook of the series, and really play with that for a long time. And that's yeah. gutsy. Um, because a lot of times, the even when authors change the dynamic, that they, they keep the certain core elements, right? He's a lawyer. He's in Hell's Kitchen. He's fighting crime, uh, all that sort of stuff. And but she breaks it and sticks with it, and Zadarski breaks it and then starts backpedaling it, like almost immediately.
0: Well, and I think it's that I think goes back to what you were saying earlier, where you pointed out that you know they might have rushed him mm-hmm. to this like to this big event point because yeah. like i could easily see it being like a straight up like two-year thing where he's just in prison yeah because there's a lot that you can pull from there you can yeah even have him reacting to criminals as they're being sent to there by electra as daredevil like there's yeah. so much narrative uh potential for that and for them to just kind of blow through it is really odd and it doesn't feel like it squares up with the pacing of the first, you know, 20, 25 issues. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause yeah. 20 issue 24. He's,
1: he, he pleads guilty. Right. Yeah. And then issue 36, you know, he's out and yeah. then multiple issues are with recid multiple issues are with Null you don't really get that much uh, of this whole thing it's a it is a really interesting premise that i think is really undercut and i think it doesn't it does a big disservice to this run again i really like electra as daredevil agree but i think that the bullseye arc is some weird cartoonish nonsense very strange
0: because like bullseye is bullseye is a threat bullseye can Mm. be incredibly terrifying you've covered it before on your channel like the use of him in the end of the bendis run yeah is incredibly terrifying super scary
1: he shows up like the boogeyman
0: yeah and so he can be used in a way that elicits terror and with electra as daredevil Mm -hmm. what better a character to be a boogeyman for her than the man who killed her the first time yeah. And with the, you know, experiments that are all done off panel that, you know, Wilson Fisk found him, captured him, submitted him to experiments, they cloned him, they <laughs> went in and modified him psychologically. Cloning like, all the, uh, the psych- stuff, again, feels like Zdarsky really wanted to tell all of these you know all of these plot points over the course of like a 2 3 year run and just yeah. have to condense them into 6 months and it sucks because it feels like it's it feels rushed yeah and it doesn't feel like it's as well paced or, or narratively as high quality as the first 20 issues
1: yeah and again going back to this whole justification um and atonement if Daredevil is atoning for his sins through his time in prison but then is released and willingly released because he's reset finds out about it then he escapes to fight bullseye and then he submits himself and he's like never mind i'm fine the toxins out of me there's no repercussions um unless they're gonna do this whole thing that like it's supposed to like disperse into the neighborhood through the person is that gonna play into devil's reign i don't don't know and that's what causes the
0: tensions i don't know maybe but it's like it's it's weird because they really hammer home through the character of marcus like what inequality is especially Mm -hmm. like we talk about the um the i can't remember the doctor's name but there's a therapist in the Mm -hmm. prison who talks to matt about the concept of inequality yeah you chose to be here you choosing to be here and be among inequality is not the same as these people being here because <laughs> of inequality. Yeah. And it's exactly. really great commentary. Mm-hmm. And with Marcus, you know, making, you know, he is an African American man and him saying, like, dude, you're going to be out of here way early. Like, don't even pretend like we're on the same level here. Yeah. There is very. Clear and heavy handed allusions to the prison economy, to Mm -hmm. racial inequality, all of these really awesome. I mean, not awesome because they're terrible, but like great narrative potential in these points telling a daredevil story that we don't get in other runs. We don't get in a lot of superhero comics in general. Exactly.
1: And Uh, then we don't
0: get to see it pay off. In essence, Marcus was right. And that character's gone. Yeah. We don't see him again. Yeah. I mean, maybe we will, but like, I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah. He's in prison. I mean,
1: Daredevil's out. And again, that he's, that he just accepts. Like, everything's fine. Uh, they knew that it was toxin. That's why he escaped. And we don't hold him accountable for like the explosions and the riot. And we're, you know, and like, oh, like, cool. we
0: took... are we just wiping away the stuff that put him there in the first place? Right. Like... And
1: then I don't know. And so yeah I was thinking that I think this run is at its strongest when it's confronting difficult issues, difficult questions of morality and purpose, and refusing the easy answers, right? Refusing yeah. to have the easy answers. Um, but eventually, you're gonna have to give an answer, yeah, and because you, you have to move the story forward. And that's where the run like starts to feel a little disappointing to me.
0: Um, yeah and it's I mean translated for those of you who that was a little too high concept for it's at its best when it's got Tedesco covers but like it's (laughs) they align they do I don't know It's more correlation than causation but you're right you're right but it's it is fascinating how like because we spent a great amount talking up those first 20 issues because Mm -hmm. they are great they are yeah. all-time Daredevil story. And for the last 16, there are real bright spots. Mm-hmm. The Electra as Daredevil role is fantastic. Anytime that she's there, anytime that we get glimpses of her dealing with stuff. Like the moment where she talks to that uh, that homeless woman. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to bring that her up. The story, and she's just like, do you have like a couple dollars? She's like, I don't carry money. <laughs> and like she, like after hearing her story, she's like, "This necklace costs five thousand dollars on the street. You could probably get two, like just take it." Like, yeah. and then she steps away, and it pans out. And there's this giant mural that says, "We are all daredevil." Yeah, powerful imagery. Yes, and there's so many cool moments like that. The the confrontation between Electra and Butch in the little uh, makeshift nightclub. Is very cool we get a little uh michael myers hand ninja action there and like it's there are bright spots but i feel like it's you brought it up earlier much like season two of daredevil the show like it is weighed down by a lot of rushed narrative yeah and a lot of weird inclusions and i think honestly like getting derailed by king in black getting derailed by possibly needing to wrap things up quickly enough to get to devil's reign makes this feel like this should have been a 50 if not 80 issue run and we're only getting 36 before this culmination
1: yeah um i want to bring up one other strong point about Daredevil in prison is the character of Neil,
0: yes, the um, serial killer.
1: Matt um, saves right from from uh, the rest of the the prison, and then who kills himself. Yeah, found dead in a cell, and then Matt's like totally bereft because he prosecuted him as Matt Murdock, put him in there, yeah, and he killed himself, and like he just can't, he can't escape that. it. Yeah. Um, but besides that like you're saying it's it's rushed and yeah the another weird thing about these this, these last 16 issues is that there's a lot of the major elements of play in the first 20 issues are moved into the Gold. background yeah, yeah. like from north coal yeah izzy libris you know mike and butch like are introduced in that annual and then gone basically besides little tiny little bits
0: well we get we check in with them almost every issue after they don't do anything they don't do anything it's just like hey we should make conversations (laughs) like hey we should do stuff no yeah all right cool see you next issue (laughs) yeah (laughs) so they start
1: to some of those elements are right back and play at the very end of this volume
0: um maybe butch kills izzy libris yeah let's let's talk about this final issue because as we're recording this we're recording this on the day that issue 36 came out right yeah and this i got to read during a 15 possibly 16 issue binge today (laughs) as i'm recording this and it's really fascinating first off i mean the art here we get another guest artist Um in Manuel Garcia, who's not bad. I want to stress that it's not bad art, but it's so different from everything that we've gotten so far. Mm -hmm. And it makes me really sad that Kaketo couldn't come back for this. Just working
1: on Devil's Reign. It's sort of like
0: with um
1: Venom how um Stegman was constantly doing absolute carnage and then doing King and Black. So Stegman ended up only really doing like the first dozen issues of that whole series.
0: Which is sad. It's, yeah. but we see,
1: you know, I don't want to blame whole, Donny Cates for everything, but,
0: uh. <laughs> but we see like the whole, you know, five weeks later skip, which I think is incredibly egregious. Like, <laughs> why not just say, you know, five months later, skip ahead that if you're going to skip ahead, why five weeks specifically? That I don't is know. my question. I don't like, know. Why don't we just, you want to prove a point, prove a point, but we see at the end of the previous issue. um, Wilson asks Typhoid Mary to marry him. Mary will marry him. And so they're like figuring out all the stuff to go into that. Cause their wedding is like super quick. Um, yeah. we see daredevil get picked up from prison, rocking a sweet ginger beard. Like <laughs> this is like, I, I, you could have convinced me that, uh, Tom King and, uh, Mitch Garretts were writing this with how, Matt starts clean-shaven and gets a full-grown <laughs> beard by the end of the story. One of the best things about Mr. Miracle. So good. But we do get to see, and Matt mentioned it earlier, the reunion of Butch and Wilson. Yeah. Great scene.
1: Yeah, I really like that. Where there's a lot unsaid, yes. right? And Fisk
0: is sort of like, uh, what is he?
1: he mentions like, his mom.
0: Sm- He's like... yeah. Oh, I, I knew your mom. I knew her very well at one point. It's yeah. really interesting. And he's like, he, he says, uh, I have a son, Richard. I thought him dead, but he's back. He's back and I'm afraid he's going to try to become Kingpin. Always had the desire, just not the ability. I don't want that life for him. You seem like a smart man, Butch Ferris. Your window is small. Use it. Like, subtly telling him like, hey, you gotta you got a limited time before I'm going to act on this. Yeah. And you need to do something or I'm going to do something. Which, and then uh, Izzy
1: seems to drive herself out to the woods. To this to weird be, meeting in the woods and just kind of stands there as Butch puts a gun to her head. Like,
0: like does she want to die? I don't, I don't. Cause again, like you said, like Izzy just phases the background for this back, mm-hmm. you know, past issue you know 22 maybe like she phased the background we don't get a whole lot of her the times that we do get her she's calling butch and like bearing her soul to him which again is a weird like show us that development show us these characters because they didn't know each other and now they're you know confidants but we see mm-hmm. matt meet up with mike freewheeling mike freewheeling <laughs> mike murdoch i want to have like a guitar riff every time it's oh, yeah. like Mike Murdoch did a little like that's that's <laughs> just how it, I, I can feel it. I, I feel think it. so. Right. Yeah. And so um, the two of them, because as far as Mike knows, Matt's in rehab. hmm. Which yeah. I think <laughs> is, is an interesting point that we did bring up. Like Mike yes, is doing cover. this, Yeah. Mike is doing this at the behest of Foggy Nelson covering for Matt Murdoch. And it works on a bunch of different levels.
1: Yes. Um, but they don't really touch on it. Right. Yeah. They're like, that's in the end, they're kind of like, that's the explanation. That's how we keep the secret identity intact. Uh, and We'll just go with it. Um, but that secret identity plays into the very end because the start of the issue, Matt's talking to Electra about the purple children again. It's like, if you were to look at a newspaper saying that I'm daredevil, you would maybe see something else or you wouldn't see anything at all. Right. And so Fisk at his in his honeymoon at his special cabin says, like, oh, these are the most sensitive documents that I keep here. And so it, it's like this they're is really fi-
0: old documents.
2: Yeah. There's a
1: file that says Daredevil identity. Like, okay. <laughs> All right. And it's, sure.
0: it, and it's not even like scrawled, it's like embossed onto yeah. the envelope.
1: Daredevil identity. He opens it up and the pages are blank. You can't see them. So he it, it seems to realize, like, something's Some, wrong. something's wrong i'm supposed to know this identity someone's messed with it i need to find out what's happening because which is a the, great
0: cliffhanger
1: yeah it's a good cliffhanger and there's this confrontation in the issue between daredevil and kingpin which i think is pretty good where matt's like always oh, trying to stop you nothing ever changes we go to prison we're still the same person like we'll change you maybe happiness will change you and yeah, being great and then eventually it's like and also being like content maybe will stop yeah. his uh his constant search for power will stop the cycle so mary's wedding think...
0: dress by the way is as an aside mm-hmm. incredible
1: oh wonderful I love yeah. that shade of purple <laughs> and uh because she didn't want a white dress and um and then of course you think oh maybe that'll move them into the next phase and then this becomes the next conflict i guess and we'll because see he... how it plays into devil's reign but
0: well, and it's it's fascinating to me because like we talked about how intertwined these two characters are. Wilson Fisk and Matt Murdock just can't get away from each other. They can try and go as far as they can, and I think ultimately that is the the moral of Zdarsky's run is no matter how far Wilson and Matt try to run away from each other, they can't run far enough to stay away from each other yeah like even happiness even getting the woman that he loves marrying her them going off to like have their honeymoon in this you know reclusive cabin in the woods he can't let it go he can't yeah. let go this idea of i need i need to break him i need to know mm-hmm. and him getting the file and him say, seeing that it's nothing him realizing oh there's something incredibly wrong here and he is now and the look on his face you know we talk about how good the Kaketo art is and how the guest artists don't really measure up I love the panel
2: where (laughs) you
0: see his face and you can see without speaking a single line you see the scrunched up look where he's just he now has a new directive he now has a next purpose and that's going to carry us into Devil's Reign and overall i think a really solid issue it feels like the season finale of a show it feels like the season finale of like a sopranos season Mm -hmm. and you know that this is going to be a problem and with it being devil's reign are we finally getting mephisto who knows (laughs) Um, mephisto confirmed mephisto confirmed He's in, he's in the cabin. If you just look, the shape of the shadow of the book looks like Mephisto. Maybe Mary's been Mephisto the whole time. You never know. Oh, shit. Can you imagine <laughs> how she was a nun at first? There you go. They're gonna do it. They're gonna do it. And like I said, he, lo- he loves Nesenti's run. so. I just love Nesenti. There you go. That's a great that pull. That could actually... Ooh, that could be a great prediction. I mean, if... I don't know how I I'd feel about it.
1: I could see it being the end game. Uh, yeah. if, if it was, it would have to be the end game of this entire run. You know, that Matt has gone through all the stages of hell and everything gone, purified himself, fought everything, um, overcome everything, renewed his faith. So what is what is his final test is the devil. Right. Yeah. So but that would have to be quite a few steps removed, I think, from this right. this point. And who knows? Maybe the beast of the hand is actually Mephisto, because of, because again, the hand's going to have to come into into play. Maybe things, the, the red fist
0: is Mephisto. Mephisto's red.
1: Maybe. Um, the fist. Great. And Wonderful. maybe those...
0: maybe I mean you know who else is red and has horns? Daredevil. Maybe Daredevil's <laughs> Mephisto. We don't know. We don't know until they tell us.
1: That would be a good way to retroactively ruin the entire run.
0: The entire yeah. run. <laughs> And be None like, of them matter. And Mike was really Matt Murdock all along. Oh my gosh! So Mike Murdock in a room.
1: There is an interesting point here where he has not returned to being Matt Murdock yet. Right. He says Matt's still in rehab, and there's a point where he says, um, "What does he say here? Daredevil is the core." Yeah. Right. That's what he says. So we're wondering if we'll get like DD twenty four seven, being a major. Th- part of like what's coming up he doesn't want to be matt murdoch right now he's like i'm daredevil i'm it's self-actualized i will yeah. just live into this um i don't know we'll
0: see i just um and i think it's it's fascinating that he didn't just bring in and i don't know why i thought of this just now but like he didn't just bring in kirsten for a one-off she yeah still, around, and it
1: came to, to the prison with the riot helped him like touched his face and was like really concerned about him and everything. So we'll see. I mean, that's something that lingers. Yeah.
0: And as we've seen with Electra who died, came back and her memory was restored. What does it take to break this? Like, is it mm-hmm. as easy as that? Is there other things yeah, Which kind of brings us to Devil's Reign. As you were listening to this, Devil's Reign has hit store shelves and on Comixology and all the other places you can find it. Do you have any wild predictions for Devil's Reign besides Mephisto? <laughs> um, oh
1: Gosh, I don't know. It's so vague at the moment. I'm not yeah. entirely sure because it's... Fisk has decided to outlaw superheroes, I think, in New York becomes the major thing. And there's this huge conflict over that. And then he's going to bring in like the Thunderbolts and he's going to bring in Dr. Octopus's uh, superior for four. Superior four, which is just, just a... four
0: clones of
1: Doc Ock. Which I'm ready I, for it. I guess he uses the cloning technology that he used on Bullseye. Right. There that you makes go. Sense. Um,
0: but yeah, what a bunch of crap. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's bad. But like. Uh, I don't know. It's an interesting, interesting, uh, makes an interesting point in this issue because after you know daredevil's back on the street reed comes to him and they have and it you know calls back to the conversation that they had way early in this run when they're playing chess in the park where it's like the public perception of us is changing all the time Mm -hmm. and we nobody wants another human or another superhuman registration act and if people believe we're above the law where Mm -hmm. does that leave everyone else Yeah, I think if that was the big, you know, if that was the big thesis statement on the series, then it makes sense that Devil's Reign is that escalation of it. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure what exactly this series, like you said, what exactly this is supposed to be, because how do we go from wilson realizing something is wrong with the world in that he just can't remember daredevil's true identity to waging war on the entire superhero community
1: yeah i was expecting something a lot more disastrous to happen right like same mary is killed at the wedding or something like that yeah
0: well you and know. there's that box more from cliche. the strong C- Oh cliche yeah. of course but there's that box from the Stromwinds that he doesn't open mm-hmm. and i thought for sure that was going to be a bomb it had to be. <laughs> yeah. Bomb on the wedding day. It's classic. But like it would be Tyrone's head. It would be Tyrone. Oh God. Probably. They They drove off with his body. What happened to Tyrone's body? No. no. <laughs> um but no, I think Devil's Reign is gonna be really interesting. And I think I mean, do you, I- I'm gonna throw out a wild prediction. Wilson yes. Fisk dies at the end of devil's reign. They kill him. they're going to huh. kill him. I don't know who it might be it's going to be mephisto. Mephisto's going to claim his soul and drag him down to hell but like <laughs> that's a it, that's bold that's it, very it bold. feels like yeah. so, there is something coming for Wilson Fisk whether it's he leaves new york whether it's he becomes that like world stage he takes the spot of the strong winds or something mm-hmm. something is going to happen to wilson in this series i don't know what it is but yeah. the fact that it's not just a born again style war on daredevil but mm-hmm. a war on every new york superhero they yeah. mentioned spe- i'm looking at this sol- as the solicit for it right now it says specifically uh he has a he has set his sights on Fantastic Four, Iron Man, Captain America, Spider Man, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and more. So, like, what draws him to that is my question. Where do and I'm sure that this first issue is going to do a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah, and, to move that conflict into place. But I am interested to see how that kind of ties together also as just an aside, I'm really glad that Ben Riley is the Spider-Man that is in devil's reign. <laughs> I have been loving Spider-Man beyond and Ben Riley is my boy. So I have not read any of it yet. Too busy making daredevil videos. You know, if you have to sacrifice one thing for the other, I get it. Daredevil <laughs> takes precedence, but like I am, very, and this is a six issue series, which mm-hmm. I find really interesting like they are make and they have it like specifically a Marvel event, Devil's Reign. Yeah. It's not like Daredevil, Devil's Reign. Like it's a they Marvel have, event. they're gonna have big tie-ins. They've got that one-shot um, Daredevil, Woman Without Fear. That looks really great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But who knows what's actually gonna? Who knows what's actually gonna happen with that?
1: Yeah, and I don't know. Yeah, um, but I I'm I'm sure that it will make a big change in uh, daredevil's world and set the stage for the next volume. And then, yeah, like I said, the hand has got to come in in the next volume, that's, yeah. uh, whether it's right at the start or we build to it pretty quickly, but that's gotta be the next phase. I don't know what, I don't know how big Zdarsky's like run plan is. He hasn't yeah. really said, he said it's multi-year. He's got a lot of ideas. Um, so 36 issues here an annual so that's 37 then you get um devil's reign which is six so you're at 43 and then you can count i think he was writing woman without fear um yeah, 34 I think, that's th- I think it's a three issue mini-series. oh um oh, so that's nice. 46 so we're almost at 50 issues already yeah. it's um, already th- 33 and a third percent there like <laughs> the, n- the numbers don't lie and they spell disaster for you at sacrifice, <laughs> at sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> um there you go there's the wrestling callback and uh we might yeah. see
0: braun breaker show up and devil's reign is one of the oh, dogs I, he
1: didn't do the steiner uh flex the, he did. the other day he did. um big bad booty nephew <laughs> <laughs> um he's gonna know. beat roman he's gonna be the nxt 2.0 is a mess He's gonna he's gonna go he's gonna go smackdown, he's gonna beat Roman at WrestleMania. This year No, this they're not coming year do it that quick. They're not this gonna be that quick. Braun breaker, he's gonna be braun he's, Ste- he's gonna be Braun Steiner at just, the Rumble. Just call, he's gonna jump into the Rumble as Braun Steiner. Name. I know, just I know. Call
0: him Rex Steiner. I, That's such a cool name. I know. I don't get it.
1: He's gonna be Braun Steiner when he jumps into the Rumble in January. He's gonna win it. And he's going to beat Roman Reigns for the title at WrestleMania.
0: And then Roman is going to turn to the only man who knows Braun Breaker inside and out. Tony D'Angelo. Who is also (laughs) going to help him make sure that Braun Breaker is sleeping with the fishes. There you go.
2: (laughs) Unironically,
0: my favorite new character from this whole run. Tony D'Angelo is ridiculous and I love him. (laughs) Um... I don't know. I don't Daredevil, know. right? So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so no, we'll see what happens. I don't know. Do you have it? Uh, throw out a bold prediction. Just something that has a s- very incredibly slight chance of happening, but would be interesting if it happened.
1: Hmm. Okay. Uh. Oh, my gosh. Uh. Well, you already said Kingpin's going to die. Possibly, if he dies, it's going to be Butch that kills him, um, or Mary, or or well, the, something would have to really turn her against him at the moment because they're Mephisto. like. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> um, I almost wanted to say that Matt's going to die, but he's not going to die if they're if they're going to if they're going to set up this whole King and Queen of the Fist, and one has to die, and they're not even in conflict with the hand yet. Do you think
0: it could be king, Queen and King Pin? oh that could so be the, the play fist that becomes the new die?
1: uh i mean i don't know i'm just, to kill <laughs> to kill off matt murdoch at the end of a daredevil run is the the obviously like the craziest thing that you could ever do right Fair. um but no, then you, of, but... but but then where you go from there eventually you got to bring him back and whatnot but right i don't know uh there'll be I... some sort of loophole
0: or The, die the world the world has moved on from the need of Matt Murdock as Daredevil now that we have Electra Nachios as Daredevil. Right, she's amazing. Um I always think that Electra
1: as Daredevil is going to be temporary. Like Which sucks. it's a it's a really cool concept for that character, but I think that character is bigger than than just being Daredevil. It's a Fair. It's, an, it's an interesting layer to put on that character. Yeah, um, but it doesn't have to be a permanent one. That can be removed, and she can still be her own character because this is Electra f- dealing with new circumstances. True, um, and not the title of Daredevil giving her greater importance necessarily. Point. Um, this is different than like stripping Wolverine off of Laura Kinney um, because that is a I don't know what imp- you're talking about.
0: <laughs> Laura Kinney's called Wolverine.
1: She is, actually. Uh, she, and then she went into a vault for, for millennia. Um, and then... I will defend you know, that story. I don't care how much people hate it. I've never even heard of the X-Men before, man. And then so... <laughs> you, that's, that's like an important evolution for her character. Right. right? Becoming Wolverine. It's not an important evolution for Electra to become Daredevil. That's... Fair. It is an interesting new stage for her. Yeah. But she can go in a lot of different directions. And she's been a longtime character in Daredevil. She's had her own series. She's been in other series. Um, she's well-established. And so eventually you're going to remove the Daredevil from her. Uh, who knows how long, but eventually you're going to do that. And she's not going to be hurt by that, I think. Right. In fact, I think this pushes her further forward. And then she can be Electra continuing in other series in her own Electra series too, and mm-hmm. being even stronger because she's gotten the, um, the push.
0: Oh from yeah. This, this, time this could lead to a whole Electra series. With which she's, she's had.
1: Kiketto. Which she, she's had, but has always felt right. second string. Yeah. It's always felt mental. less than. Yeah. And, and eventually she, I think this pushes her to be a megastar. And I mean, Daredevil doesn't really have a lot of events that obviously you have Shadowland. when, I mean, Terrible, but Daredevil is very rarely in events, right? Right. Or he was the centerpiece of them anyway. Yeah, he was in War of the Realms. I like the story with him in that, but not a a huge part. He just kind of pops up a little bit, boom, boom, here and there. But now you've got Daredevil and Electra headlining a major event. Right. Like very rare, extremely rare for Electra. She's not in any other event, right? So you already have this character getting a lot more juice so i think yeah you'll go into another volume and i think if it's Daredevils, right like you mentioned Mm. and you get them as as two coexisting it's cool to see them fighting side by side
0: yeah Um, that was pretty cool in the last issue
1: yeah and um i don't know we'll see what happens from there i i it's hard for me to say exactly because i just i still don't those previews and everything and and the lack of complete setup for devil's reign makes it hard to pin down what that series is going to try to say.
0: Yeah. Totally fair. And as you're listening to this, you know more than I do and more (laughs) than Matt does because you might have already read it by the time you're listening to this. So feel free to tell us what happens in Devil's Reign. The Frost Giants invade. The Frost uh, Giants are back. Yes. And Spider-Man gets his helmet again. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the ultimate this, revenge. This kind of makes us make me think of like siege, also to some degree. Yes, if you remember siege, absolutely. Norman when they're Osborn. like,
1: when when Marvel was like, "Hey, J. Michael Straczynski, you got an event," and he's like, "No, I don't. I'm out." <laughs> like, <laughs> and it, he like his his run just stopped, you know. And Kieran Gillen took over, but the whole Straczynski run was just stopped because he was like, "I do not want to do an event," and they're like, "You got an event." And he's like, I'm out. Obviously, Zdarsky is not leaving,
0: right. but
1: they were like, event baby, event time, make the money. And he yeah. was like, but my story. And they're
0: like, you got that- an event. <laughs> it's like, but this isn't supposed to happen for like two years. What are we, oh, yeah. okay. All right, it's I guess so- we're doing this in two months. God.
1: Right, well, I, and again, that makes me just, this and Immortal Hulk were side by side you yeah. know, for a long time tackling complex issues doing their own thing um treading new ground for the character and immortal hulk went 50 issues telling its own story and every time it had a tie-in it did a one off issue separate yeah that also did its own thing you know just used it as a jumping off point right um like the king and black issue is really cool but has like nothing to do with with that story and that did its own full run. I really love that. It, it told an amazing story at the end. I don't know if you've read the whole thing. Not the whole um, thing yet. I I was super satisfied with the conclusion. Um, but oh, it's then fascinating the, to have yeah. a
0: book like that be written and drawn by Al Ewing. And I just... Think Hatsune, just Miku, really good
1: Hats, Hatsune Miku on, on art. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> And... But then you got daredevil who is, is kind of going along the same path and then you get event tie-in event for for itself you are know, like okay now we're this book's getting pulled into the, your typical marvel stuff now yeah and what does There's that too mean? too many directions yeah yeah because Immor- if immortal hulk had had done had made an event or gotten pulled fu- fully into an event it would be like what do you even do like yeah that would be an incredibly weird fit for that book and this is
0: kind of a weird fit for this book and i wonder if it has anything to do with like the the economy of it with it being you know like chip zdarsky's taking a lot more freelance stuff he's doing stuff over at dc is yeah you know his uh his gaze is divided so it's it's fascinating to kind of think about the what-ifs and like the possible backstage stuff that's happening that has led to this but Mm -hmm. as it stands i am still excited for devil's reign i'm very curious to see what happens because there's a world of possibilities for this story and with the run of zadarsky and kaketo and all the other artists at no point being what i expected it to be i'm very excited to see them pull the rug out from under me again
1: Yeah, because I know it's going to happen. Yeah, it's got to happen. If if it doesn't, then it'll feel a little too I don't know by the numbers, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. Agreed. You know. Agreed. Despite some of the the some of the disappointments that I've had with the last dozen issues, some to varying degrees, right? I'm still looking forward to that. I think it's going to be interesting. I love Daredevil, so I'm always going to be interested in what's happening (laughs) with Daredevil. Agreed. Um. And giving Daredevil an event is cool, you know. Absolutely. Like
0: you said, it doesn't happen very often and like getting the opportunity to do it, I think does help to place more importance on the Zadarski run Mm -hmm. as a whole. Like do you as we're kind of wrapping up here, where do you think it kind of places among I know it's very fresh, but like where do you think just preliminary, where do you think it would place among the all time daredevil runs um above brew baker
1: for me Great. um probably above nesenti um because that is a good run but it has highs and lows um and i think that it's kind of quality my my enjoyment of it jumps a lot around from arc. To arc right but, but it is helped by being so different um it's above those Below Bendis, um, I don't even know where Soul would play. Soul's obviously at the top. <laughs> 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 so it's above Soul. It's above Diggle. Um, it's above DG Chester. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of easy ones that it tops too, but, you know, but above, yeah, put it above Rubaker, above Nisenti, uh, below Bendis, obviously, below Wade. Um mm-hmm i mean below miller i mean right (laughs) it's like the tops you know wade and and miller for me are always jockeying for sure for for my favorites and they're doing such different things that it's sort of like one a one b to me and and wade has this full complete thing and and miller does a run and then does additions and you're like well some of these additions are better than others right like born again is my favorite comic of all time right straight up my favorite comic of all time just daredevil not just superhero favorite comic of all time that's up there you can't beat that um but like something like uh electro assassin daredevil love and war uh electro lives again like our varying quality of course um and then man without fear i think is actually just okay um it's
0: it's it's a little overrated
1: yeah yeah it's influential but that doesn't mean it's amazing right. um but the original miller run yeah um incredible you know Agreed. still still amazing still so it's like it, it's those are up at the top and then i put bendis below them um so zadarsky i think it would have been a, a really really solid four mm-hmm. for the first 20 issues yeah maybe even number three yeah um but I don't know where we're going to go here. So yeah. we'll, we'll kind of see how it parses out, see right. how things look in, in the long run. I, I really like Bendis. Um, and I like the, I think that whole run hangs together really well. Mm-hmm. I think it's really strong from start to finish. Um, yeah. whereas, Brubaker. whereas Brubaker is like high point, And then we're kind of mm, a little, eh, and then a little bit better and then a little bit worse and kind of all over. Um, where would you put it?
0: Well, it's interesting because I, I mean, I've made no bones about it. I am a Wade Somni believer. Like that's obviously my number one. Um, and I would put the, that original Miller run at number two. Uh, yeah. It's, it's hard because again, it is iconic in its own right. And it really established the character in every way that we know him today. Mm-hmm. And so having that is kind of hard to, t- to beat. And let me just be clear to you listener i've been very very critical of bendis on this podcast mostly his his dc stuff but bendis's daredevil is incredible it is a strong noir tragedy Mm -hmm. and it is a great great run and i i think like matt i think for the first 20 issues like leading into inferno and like wrapping up inferno for me i think it could easily be a number three but as it stands right now i'd probably put it under the Bendis run Mm -hmm. um also like as matt said we're still kind of in the middle of it this still kind of counts as you know even though this if we're just counting this 36 issue run um it's not the strongest. It doesn't tell that complete story that like a Wade Somney does, but it, it's so strong when it's at its best. It's at one of the best points that I've ever read daredevil on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. When it, when it does stuff right, it does it right. And that's why I think it's so jarring and so noticeable when you do get those dips in quality. So yeah for me i'd say for now i'd probably put it at a solid four just under the bendis run but if they pull off devil's reign and they end up having a really great go at it for whatever they decide this next stage of it being i could see it beating out bendis it's just yeah. going to be the execution of this plan definitely um the unpredictability of it all is pretty
1: cool too i i've Agreed. I, I hope that it keeps keeps kind of changing up the dynamic and you know we're not we don't end up getting settled into something you know just that's just the same for the entire second half and again the hand does not inspire confidence
0: no no it doesn't (laughs) it doesn't that's why after uh after season two and after defenders they were like like what's the hand never heard of it
1: um (laughs) that must be in that iron fist show oh wait that doesn't exist either um (laughs) and uh yeah i mean next thing you know the only thing worse than uh, bringing in the hand would be like, surprise, it's Mysterio and he has cancer. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, not again. Not again. Mysterio. What's Why this? Do you An that? untimely HIV diagnosis? Oh, no. Oh, is that baby? Is that baby actually the Antichrist?
0: <laughs> hey, Guardian Devil stinks. It stinks. When are we getting a full on Guardian Devil? video uh, matt maybe, maybe next year i'll be Shadow
1: shadowland guardian devil
0: i don't know we're really going to put you through hell and then we'll we'll end you off and the through best. hell up to light there we I go that'll be Dare the December theme four. for dear summer four
1: because i won't have any more i won't have any more uh netflix seasons to talk about
0: so i'm gonna have to change my no whole you're gonna structure have to i'm do not doing time. the movie You're gonna have to do an entire episode just on him. Maybe, possibly being in No Way Home, just his one scene, an entire video. What does he shows up? What does it really mean? Has Daredevil gone woke? Is he Mysterio? Is he Mephisto?
1: Who knows?
0: Could be. Could be. Hey, both red, both devils who knows
1: King uh, also uh, Kingpin might have shown up in Hawkeye by the time
0: that uh, this Maybe. episode comes out too Maybe I haven't watched the episode but it's already been spoiled for me that it's possibly a hand It is possibly a hand The hand strikes again Oh no it is the hand the hand or the <laughs> villains of Hawkeye run Oh man Oh but... no The Gournay <laughs> Weaver again No But Matt as always it's a pleasure having you on man thank you for having me even though i knew we were going to say that it was going to be a really concise uh 45 minute talk of course we went over because that's what we do here Um, it's a good talk it's a good good talk talk. and i always love getting to chat with you about literally anything but especially yes absolutely now Um, if our listeners want to catch up with you if they want to keep up to date with what's going on with you where can they find you
1: Sure. For all your latest Spider-Man Torment news, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Draper YT. The YT stands for YouTube, and then you can find me on YouTube at Matt Draper. The Matt Draper stands for Matt Draper. It's where I talk about Torment. I'm thinking about changing the name of the channel to Talk and Torment.
0: Talking Torment. Uh, Talking Torment. Talking Torment. That's actually going to be our next series uh, in January. Um, where, is the sp- where, where is Every single week.
1: Uh, Spidey December,
0: Where is Torment? Uh, it's going have, to be in that? that last week that I take off from the podcast. <laughs> uh, it's, you, just it's just going to be Matt. It's going to be Matt. Hey, I'm it's, the intro is going to be Welcome to Geek Explained. I'm Matt Draper. Deal with it. And then <laughs> the intro music.
1: I thought it was going to be that you know the 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 rest of the friends that are all talking about Spider Man that you're going to take a to- copy of Torment, and you're going to throw it in the room that they're in, you're going to close the
0: door, and you're going to talk about that. <laughs> you have to read it. You have to read it. <laughs> We will one day get into Spider-Man Torment. We're just going to do it. Oh, yeah. And if you want to see us review (laughs) discuss spider-man torment get matt draper up to 200 patrons i'm making that promise here on a podcast that is unfamiliar and is unrelated to his patreon that's already doom patrol doom patrol is 200 patrons doom patrol you should be getting to doom patrol sooner than that we'll say 300 patrons 300 patrons for or whenever we get to it, 300 people get, get back to, to Spider-Man torment, torturing me from my patrons, you know? torturing torment, talking <laughs> torment. We're going to do it. It's coming sooner or later. I'm going to run out torment. of other ideas. Be there or be square. Unlike Mike Murdoch, <laughs> in the room. You don't have
2: to say definitely like that. Holy sh- There are arrows more dangerous than that one? Uh...
0: It is now time for the weekly review. This is the segment of our show where I review something weekly. And right now we're reviewing episode number three of Disney Plus and Marvel's Hawkeye. This episode is entitled Echoes. And for me, no question, this was the best episode of the series so far. Uh, this series has very quickly jumped into must see for me. I was already really excited about it because, as I've stated before, if you put Christmas with anything, you have a guaranteed at least first watch from me but every single every single episode that has gone by so far and we've only had three we're halfway there um, this series has just been a delight an absolute joy to watch Uh, I'm having a great time with it and this episode is the best so far, and if it continues on this upwards trajectory, we're going to have an all-timer when it comes to Marvel properties. But for the episode itself, uh, we started off at a very familiar place right at the end of last episode. Clint and Kate have been captured by the Tracksuit Mafia and are being encountered by their leader, Maya Lopez. Enter Maya Lopez, a.k.a. Echo, who is running the game here. And I really dig the backstory stuff that we got from Maya Lopez's uh, debut. Uh, The kind of one-two punch of Maya and Kazi, I think, is really interesting. Heavily just completely rewriting Kazi's backstory, right, uh, from the comics. It's very uh, it's very cool to see the two of them kind of running things and using ASL because the rest of the tracksuit mafia don't know how to understand it. And so they're able to have private conversations with each other. I just – I really, really dig it. Uh, Maya also – Gets to have a little bit of uh, chat with Clint, who after his hearing aid is taken away from him, they kind of have to just communicate through sign language. Just really cool stuff. I love the push for ASL, sign language, um, all of that stuff in Marvel recently. Uh, Turtles had a significant amount of it with Macari, uh, and this show so far is really Really dove into it, dived into it, whatever the past tense of that word is. Um, I just love it. I love seeing it. I think it really brings a dynamic uh, aspect of the show that sets it apart from all the other ones. The uh, the scene where she is just signing and there's no um, there's no subtitles for it and you have to wait for Kazi to interpret it. I thought it was really cool and harken back to the issue in the Fraction Aja run where uh, it's. M- m- primarily communicated through asl i just i love the use of that i think it's really cool it's inclusive um it, it's just it's fantastic and i really love the use of that uh, maya also gets a lot of screen time here we get a lot of her backstory how she came to be who she is and and i it's, let's just talk about it uncle is definitely wilson fisk right like there's no come on there's no question it's gotta be it's gotta be we've had all of the teases we've had vincent d'onofrio being of course the most cryptic and vague that he has ever been he's very good at things at this game but if it's not vincent d'onofrio and it's not kingpin then that is the most the most um I would say uh, what is the word? What What is the word I'm looking for? That is the most convincing Vincent D'Onofrio Kingpin impression that I've ever heard. When we see Uncle like, you know, pinch your cheek and laugh. That's a Vincent D'Onofrio laugh. Like that's come on. Um, this is really cool. Just really cool stuff. I love that it's slowly dipping into the well of characters that can be used here and um, And it's just really cool for me. I think it's having stuff connected and having it be utilized in this, you know, street-level show is really smart. It's really clever on Marvel's part because they're known for, like, the big bombastic world-ending stakes and drama. And a lot of people, I think, have slept on Hawkeye, and this is going to get people to watch it. And when they do watch it, they'll realize, oh, this is, like, the best Disney Plus show so far. Um... I keep gushing about the show because it's so good, but this episode did a really good job of balancing the uh, the exposition, the action, and the heart, which is kind of what I think is needed for any story, and having the opening, let's say, to be conservative, let's say the opening half, if not opening like two-thirds of this Of this uh, episode be the battle in the warehouse the two of them escaping the car chase you know the cooperation between Kate and Clint I thought was really really nice and it's almost like they work better together when they can't understand each other and it's just on instinct I think it It does a lot to sell how well they work together without kind of beating you over the head that, you know, if they just got along, uh, I think it's really, really cool. And that car chase that for the first, I want to say, like two or three minutes is all just like one tracking shot that's kind of spinning in the car. So cool. You know, I'm a sucker for tracking shots. You know, I'm a sucker for long takes. Uh, Another feather in the cap from the Daredevil Netflix show. Uh, Just. Really cool stuff. I love the tease of that they were going to use the uh, the exact car from the Aja comic, but they decided to go for this dumpier looking car and then Clint's whole... Uh, whole reasoning for that is like I don't want to wreck that car and then the car gets wrecked anyway really cool really funny uh I love the trick arrows I love going through the catalog of trick arrows you know we had the uh the cable arrow we had the explosive arrow the putty arrow and the plunger arrow but the I mean of course the showstopper was the regular arrow uh, comboed with the Pim particle arrow that turned it gigantic and took out one of the trucks. So freaking cool. Just really, really cool. And I love, like, the shadowy influence of Ant-Man, wh- whose shadow kind of looms over this series. Just really nice. Um, the two of them, I think, work really well together as well. Just in general, like, Paul Rudd and Jeremy Renner are just a good combo, and I think a lot of people found that out during the uh, the Endgame press tour. So it's it's just really cool. I love seeing this duo work together. That duo being Kate and Clint. Um, I love the scene where they're on the train, and they're you know Kate's being her usual chatty self, and Hawkeye just can't hear her, so he's like. Basically trying to communicate and then we get the gut punch the absolute just throat chop where uh, Hawkeye's son calls and he can't hear it and Kate is like writing down on this pad of paper and there she's kind of that intermediary between the two of them breaks my heart absolutely broken in half um it's a beautiful scene really really well done and it again goes to show just how much these two need each other at least in this moment really good stuff uh we also got again you know some more backstory focused stuff on maya we know that the reason that she wants ronin is because the ronin killed her father uh hawkeye at this point i'm sure was on his uh, crusade across the world to eradicate, you know, organized crime. And so he killed her father. So she is putting all of their considerable resources in fighting and killing Ronan, but they don't know who Ronan is. And that's important because that puts their sights squarely on Kate and Clint because they know, you know, They know that both of them have connections, but it's not a straight up vendetta situation, which I really love. Um, Clint even says, you know, Ronan died, you know, Black Widow killed him, which is a cool little callback to their time getting the Soul Stone, the fact that uh, the Natasha was the one to recruit him in Endgame. Just really cool stuff. I really dig that. Um, and then we get the last little scene where the two of them try to break into Jack Duken's apartment and, surprise, surprise jack's there and so we're gonna get a really cool showdown between clint and the swordsman uh that should be really cool i'm looking forward to that just amazing an amazing episode full of heart i love everything about this best episode far so far if it continues to get even better than this this is gonna be the best show of all of the disney plus offerings so far so that does it for the weekly review for episode three echoes really looking forward to episode four cannot wait tune in next week for that but for now we're gonna roll right on into this week's comics countdown Ooh, welcome back to this week's Comics Countdown. This is the segment of our show where I talk about the comics that I think you should be picking up this week. Whether it's at your local comic book shop, a comicsology, or however you get your comics, these are the ones I think you should definitely take a look at. But before we get into this week's books, we got to take a look back at last week's books. with the Geek's Geeksplain Pick of the Week of last week. And for me, it was very tough, but honestly, it came down to Nightwing 2021 Annual Nightwing number one this was written by tom taylor with art by cian tormey and daniel hdr um just a phenomenal book a great story about nightwing and red hood dick and jason coming together it's, it was a story of brothers and i really oh it's just good it's just good comic books man and last week was stacked don't get me wrong like we had a bunch A bunch of comics to uh, to get through, but it was worth it to read stories like this. And there were quite a few, but that's last week's books. Turning back to this week, we've got one, two, three, four, eight. We got twelve books for you to check out. So let's go ahead and kick this off with Suicide Squad Number Ten. This is written by Robbie Thompson with art by Eduardo Ponsica. And it seems like we are heading into a different, uh, a different era, or at least we're starting to get towards the end of this current uh, this current plot line, where we've got two competing squads. Rick Flagg is hoping to you know, take out Amanda Waller, while Amanda Waller is hoping to take control of her three. There's a lot of plates spinning, but I've been enjoying it so far. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis here. The Suicide Squad barely managed to steal an alien technology from Oa, only to find themselves cut off from their transport back to Earth and on the run from Lanterns and Thanagarians. And no backup is coming from Earth because Amanda Waller is under fire from her one-time ally, current-time enemy, Rick Flagg. So it sounds like Flag is going to be... Kicking his uh, his plan to take down Waller into high gear. Looking forward to this for sure. Next up, we have Superman, Son of Kal-El, 2021 annual number one. Written by Tom Taylor with art by Steve Pugh. Uh, I, I mean, I've been loving this. I've been loving this book. Uh, really, really interested to see how this book goes because... John is about to run up against a longtime Superman villain. Let’s go ahead and dive into the synopsis to find out which one. Homecoming. John Kent’s first day as Earth’s new Superman have been a trial by fire. His actions have already put those he loves in harm’s way. He has stood strong in the path of constant attacks, but the immovable object is about to meet an unstoppable force. Lex Luthor, the man, the myth, the menace, returns to Metropolis. So yeah, we are going to see Superman and Lex back together again, except this time it's a very different Superman. So can't wait to see how this shakes out. This is going to be a fun one. speaking of fun, next up we have the amazing Spider-Man number 80.bey. This is written by uh, Cody Ziegler with art by Ivan Fiorelli, and this is promising to be very interesting. Um, th- let's just let's just dive into the synopsis, okay? With a nephew at death's door, May Parker is not just going to sit around accepting that Peter's ailments aren't solv- solvable with conventional means. Aunt May is going to seek unconventional means by way of her ex-fiance, Doctor octopus one of the most controversial couples in comics history is back together and they're peter parker's only hope of living through beyond so yeah we got that tease at the end of last week's issue of spider-man it may and Otto, just back together we're gonna see how this goes um I'm very interested to see what they do with this, especially because we do know that uh, Otto is going to be heavily involved in the Devil's Reign event. So I am interested. I'm very interested to see what they do. Next up, we have Green Lantern number nine. This is written by Jeffrey Thorne with art by Tom Rainey and Marco Santucci. And it looks like this is kind of, if not the, uh, the finale, the penultimate finale to this uh, first big arc. And I've been enjoying it. I loved the cliffhanger uh, from last issue, and we are heading into some big bombastic stuff. So let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis here. With trillions of lives on the line, a ringless John Stewart battles the Mad God for the future state of the universe. Meanwhile, Joe Mulane solves the mystery of the Green Lantern Corps' battery's destruction as a new and ancient enemy rises. Is this the end of the Green Lantern Corps, or will it lead to a new beginning and a resurrection for the cosmic heroes? So yeah, big stuff. I also love how they've been kind of playing fast and loose with the future part of future state. Uh, we already know that that future has been averted in the Batman books, but Maybe it might not be the same thing here, so we'll have to see. I like that there are stakes for all this, that there is a possibility that these books could end up in the place where Future State leaves them. Like Superman, for instance, seems very much in that same kind of vein. So we're going to see. I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be great. Next up, we have Fantastic Four Life Story number five. This is written by Mark Russell with art by Sean Izaxay, and this is it. Galactus has arrived. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis here. The 2000s. The lives and history of the Fantastic Four reach the tumultuous decade of the 2000s. The moment of truth comes for Earth as Galactus arrives. The Fantastic Four are willing to stop him at any price. But what if that price includes the destruction of other inhabited worlds? Ah. That's interesting. Uh, We do know that in the original story, the ultimate nullifier was a big key as well as the uh, defection of the Silver Surfer. But this Silver Surfer does not seem as ready to budge on, you know, his role as Herald of Galactus. So the entire book has been building up to this. We know I think there's only one more, maybe two more issues. I don't know if they're going into the 2020s here, but this is going to be great. Cannot wait for this. Next up, we have Batman 89 number four. This is written by Sam Hamm with art by Joe Quinonez. And I've been really digging this. I loved Superman from last week. It was Incredible, just a pure Superman story, and I like a lot what they've been doing with Batman '89. It's been a really good way to uh, update some of the stuff, to give new life into the uh, into the Gotham City of the Tim Burton verse, which I think still has a lot of uh, a lot of life in it and a lot of possibilities. So. I've been really enjoying the usage of new, of new and familiar characters, and it looks like one of those new characters is going to be taking the stage here, so let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. Someone's hot on Bruce Wayne's heels, out to prove his connection to Batman once and for all. Meanwhile, Harvey Dent plans his next steps for Gotham with just the simple flip of a coin. What does he have in store for Gotham? And can Batman twist probability in his favor? So there's only two more issues after this. Um, Robin is coming. Really excited about that. And we just got the birth of Two-Face last issue. So look for things to start heating up here. Next up, we have Captain America, Iron Man number one. This is written by Derek Landy with art by Angel Unzueta. And... This is our next step in Cap's, you know, comic book uh, adventures. We had the Captain America book and we had the United States of Captain America, which is fun. And now we've got Captain America Iron Man, which kind of promises to be a little bit more classic uh, political thriller style storytelling. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis here. A government agent turned Hydra provocateur stages a daring breakout on her way to prison, attracting the attention of both Iron Man and Captain America. When Steve and Tony realize they both have a connection to the slippery fugitive, they team up to track her down, only to discover she's not the only player on the board with big plans and sinister motives. So yeah, this sounds like a classic Cap and Iron Man tale, which I'm excited about. Should be a really fun time. Next up, we have the Good Asian Number no. Seven. This is written by Pornsak Pichetchot with art by Alexandra Te- Tefenke and Lee Luffridge. I I mean, I love this book. It's so freaking good. If you haven't been reading it, what 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 are you doing? You should be reading this book. It's a great great time. A great detective noir story. Um, just. Ah, so good. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis here. Edison Hawk finally comes face to face with the Hui Long Killer terrorizing Chinatown, but their action-packed confrontation will cost him more than he ever dreamed. Yikes. Uh, That sounds really cool. Uh, We are heading into the big climax for this story. cannot wait to pick this up. Next up, we have Batman number 118 with a brand new creative team, Joshua Williamson on writing duties with Jorge Molina in art. Um, We've been waiting for this. We have been uh, hotly anticipating this book as the Tynan era wound down after the Joker War and Fear State, and now we are heading into a new era for the Batman book. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis here. Abyss, part one. As Gotham celebrates surviving fear state, Batman retreats alone into the darkness. But when he learns of a mystery involving Batman Incorporated, it forces the Cape Crusader to leave Gotham for a brand new adventure. Thrills, chills, and international intrigue await. The Dark Knight begins a new story with superstar artist Jorge Molina and new writer Joshua Williamson. Yes. I knew it. I knew Batman Incorporated was going to be involved in this. Very excited. Um, That leaves an interesting uh, narrative potential for Gotham City because Batman is going away kind of similar to Future State, but very different. Very different circumstances. Uh, Bruce is going around the world doing, you know, tying up some Batman Incorporated stuff. I hope this gives us some espionage intrigue vibes like the original uh, Batman Incorporated book did. I'm really excited about this. Joshua Williamson is kind of the go-to uh, pinch hitter for DC right now. And Jorge Molina's art is next level. So I'm very excited about this. Make sure you pick this up. Next up, we have Inferno number three. This is written by Jonathan Hickman with art by Stefano Coselli, R.B. Silva, Valerio Schiti, And uh, this is, we've got one more. We've got one more after this before the era of Hickman's X-Men is officially over. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen here. All of these covers are incredible, involving Destiny, Nimrod, Moira, a very interesting getup. Uh, So this is going to be really, really cool. Can't wait to pick this up. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis here. Nimrod Strikes. Krakoa's troubles don't attack one at a time. Jonathan Hickman reunites with his Powers of Ten collaborator R.B. Silva for the penultimate chapter of his X-Swan Song. So yeah, I cannot wait to pick this up. Uh, things are heating up, and things are going to get bad before they get better. So looking forward to this for sure. Next up, we have Dark Knights of Steel number two. This is written by Tom Taylor with art by Yasmin Putri. I loved that first issue, and I know that I'm going to love the rest of the series. Uh, it's a 12-issue maxi-series, we're going to get a ton of time with this Dark Knights of Steel universe. Can't wait to pick this up. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis here. The high fantasy epic DC universe adventure continues as its shocking assassination has the kingdoms on the brink of world war. Simple, short, to the point. Uh, really, really cool. I'm excited about this. The revelations of last issue, the shock ending of last issue. This is going to be one to keep an eye out for, for sure. Next up, we have Devil's Reign, number one. This is the big book of the week, the one I think you should absolutely be picking up. Devil's Reign is here. It's what this whole episode is centered around. This is Marvel's next big event, and it is, oddly enough... A street-level event that seems to be blown out to include some higher-than-street-level characters, but I'm still very excited about this. Uh, It's written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Marco Coquetto. See, I learned. Marco Coquetto. That's how you pronounce it. Uh, Very excited to pick this up. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis here. The story that's been building for years is here. Wilson Fisk went from kingpin to mayor of the biggest city in America, and is going to bring his full criminal and political power to bear on the superheroes who call NYC home. The man who once destroyed Daredevil has set his sights on the Fantastic Four, Iron Man, Captain America, Spider-Man, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and more. And since it's Fisk, once he takes them all down, you know he's going to sign it. Crossbones, Taskmaster, Typhoid Mary, Shocker, Whiplash, Rhino, Craven. Fisk has an army of supervillains at his command, and this is just his opening salvo. For years, Fisk has waited for his time to strike, and you won't believe the aces he's got up his sleeves. That's a lot. This sounds bombastic. It sounds blockbuster. It sounds big time, which is how it should be treated. I am really, really excited about this. Cannot wait to pick this up. But that does it for this week's Comics Countdown. To recap, we have Suicide Squad number 10, Superman, Son of Kal-El 2021 annual number one, The Amazing Spider-Man number 80.bey. Green Lantern number 9, Fantastic Four Life Story number 5, Batman 89 number 4, Captain America Iron Man number 1, The Good Asian number 7, Batman 118, Inferno number 3, Dark Knights of Steel number 2, and Devil's Reign number 1. And that is going to bring us to the wrap-up. If this is your first time joining us on the Geeksplain podcast and you like what I do here, feel free to subscribe on the podcasting platform of your choice and give us a rating and review. We drop new episodes every single Wednesday, and honestly, ratings, reviews, and especially subscriptions really does help me out, really helps the podcast out in this weird podcasting algorithm space. Kind of raises our stock up and gets us out and into the orbit of listeners just like you. And if you give us a five-star rating review on apple podcasts itunes whatever you want to call it i will read your review here live on the podcast you can join the likes of our dirty dozen including Seafire, ND, nd joshua panels to pixels matt draper burrito man 88 doug from for every kind of geek don swanson that guy brian mouth dork dallas meeks amazing spider fan alok and az and sass i want to say a huge thank you to these fine folks for their reviews and i cannot wait to hear yours we are one away from 20 ratings feel free to be that 20th rating i would love to hear from you uh yeah just i love hearing that you guys are enjoying the podcast and you can write anything you want you can write anything you want. As long as you give me that five star rating and review, I will be forced to read it here. So <laughs> take advantage of that uh, holiday gift from me to you. Uh, also, if you want to be part of our Geek Explained mailbag, if you have a question for me, you want to get maybe a quick pitch, my thoughts on something, or if you just want to get some recommendations on something we haven't covered yet on the podcast, feel free to email me. Send your emails to geekexplained at gmail.com. Just put mailbag in the subject header, and I will read your letter or your email, I guess, here live on the podcast. So first off, in our emails this week, we have a, an email from Michael Cox, long-time listener, always good to hear from Michael. Let's go ahead and dive into this. He writes, Merry early Christmas and a happy December, Eric, and also with you. Firstly, I absolutely loved the Invincible Book Club. My only question is, what do you have against the Astounding Wolfman? <laughs> Him and Tech Jacket had some alright stories. No Kaboomerang and Best Tiger, though, for sure. Uh, Anyway, a while back, I can't remember exactly when, you briefly mentioned having read Paper Girls by Brian K. Vaughn. Being a mid-30s guy, I felt very unsure how to feel about reading a series about a group of preteen girls. You recommending it got rid of those doubts, and when I received the omnibus, I read all 30 issues in a single day. Truly one of the best stories I've ever read, though that's what I should have expected, since BKV is one of my favorite writers. Speaking of favorite writers, another one of my favorites is Jeff Lemire. The last time I remember you mentioning Lemire was for the sweet tooth episode back during the summer sweet tooth being one of my absolute favorites one of the few book series I that i cried at the end i had to read more creator-owned Lemire stories this led me to picking up a brand new superhero universe called black hammer my first thought after finishing the first library edition was eric would love this have you ever read black hammer if so what did you think of it sorry for a slightly wordy email hope all is well and i can't wait to listen in next year to the next installment of the book club mike Thank you so much for writing in. It's great to hear from you. No worries on being wordy. I myself am incredibly wordy, as I'm sure you know. So I love getting long emails, they're great. Um, I'm going to take this at a couple pieces. First off, Astounding Wolfman. It's a bit. it is full on a bit me and malcolm just love busting jacob's balls on this because we know how much he loves astounding wolf man maybe we'll come back to it one day maybe uh if if there is enough support behind jacob uh we might even do a special astounding Wolfman episode who knows who knows the future is always changing so but Genuinely, Wolf Wolfman's cool by me, uh, but, you know, it's we, we, we gotta have fun. We gotta have fun of the podcast. So, uh, Paper Girls, yes! I'm so excited that you loved Paper Girls. I agree. By the time that I read this book, I was already an adult man, and it was a little weird to get into. I actually got the recommendation to read that from Matt Draper, who was the guest for this episode, so it's kind of serendipitous that you wrote in about that. Uh, Paper Girls is amazing. If you haven't read it yet, uh, to any listener who hasn't read Paper Girls yet, check it out. It's wonderful, and I'm glad that you loved it. As for uh, Jeff Lemire and Black Hammer, I have never read Black Hammer. I have heard only good things. I've heard some really good things, and at at some point, I will dive into it. I'm waiting to kind of get a backlog in the same way that I was able to backlog my way through Invincible before I really get into Black Hammer because I can already tell with how much people love it that I'm going to adore it. So it beats the world to me that you thought of me after finishing that first volume and I'm excited to dive into it eventually. And finally, I too am very excited to get back into the book club. We're taking a brief holiday break, and we'll be diving back into the book club with Ultimate Spider-Man on January 7th, so mark your calendars. Mike, thank you so much for writing in. Always great to hear from you. We also have a letter from our boy, Aaron Aronsha. Always good to hear from him. Aaron writes in, hey, Eric, hello. Just got done listening to y'all's Spider-Man review, and I loved it, man. You guys do a great job addressing what is great and also what is not so great, so thank y'all for that. Widely known fact to to anybody who will listen, this is my favorite movie. It's not the best, but it is my favorite, and I will defend this movie to death. At the beginning of the podcast, you asked AJ and Chris where they were at where they were at when they first watched it, and I couldn't help but remember the first time I saw it. I've told this story a million times, but here you go. I was actually in the theater. I was exactly seven years old and had just immigrated from Mexico. I'm Mexican, BTW. Uh, He writes, My cousins had invited my older sister to the movies, and I was excited to tag along. Mind you, I didn't know what a theater was, let alone what movie we were watching, but eventually we make our way in. I start to watch the opening credits. I actually did not... I actually did know how to speak English just not how to read it. So the fact that the opening credits is an assortment of awesome music, abstract webbing, and finally Spider-Man just completely blew my mind. This movie made me fall in love with Spider-Man and movies in general. Anyway, sorry for the long email, but yeah man, this movie changed me and made me base my moral values to those of Peter. Of doing the right thing no matter how small or inconvenient. I'd like to think I still try to, but even so, the impact this movie had on a younger me, and I'm sure others at that age cannot be overstated. Cinematic turning point in my eyes anyhow sorry again eric but i just get too excited over my favorite movie as always take care Aaron. 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 never apologize never apologize for gushing about the stuff that makes you happy that's how this podcast started um every week you guys get to just hear me rant about the stuff that i love for one to two hours sometimes three and um i'm so glad that spider-man that that film had such an impact on you. Cause it did on me as well. I mean, it's one of the first big like superhero movies that I really fell in love with. And I'm super thankful that you shared your story with me. That's so freaking cool, man. Um, I just I I'm glad that we're doing this. Uh another I guess plug here. Um we are doing a series a Geek Explain extra series called Spidey December, if you are not aware, uh where we're going through every single uh theatrically released Spider-Man film. We've now at this time of recording, we've gone through the Raimi trilogy and when this episode drops later on today, you will be able to listen to our review of Amazing of the First Amazing Spider-Man film. So I'm glad that you guys are enjoying this so far. I'm glad, Aaron, that you liked the episode. I can't wait to share more with everybody. Um, It's it's an exciting time, and I'm glad that something like this gets to bring us together because the holidays are all about bringing people together. So thank you again to Aaron and Mike for writing in. Huge thank you to them. I always love hearing from you guys, and I read every single email you write. Also, as a quick aside, uh Russell, I did listen to that music. It is incredible, and I will be looking at it closely for Spidey Summer as we go along. Um I just yeah, I'm I'm always excited to hear from you guys, even if it's just like a little thing, like it's it makes this whole thing worthwhile so again if you want to write in if you want to be part of the Geek explained mailbag write uh write your emails to geeksplain at gmail.com put mailbag in the subject header and i will read it here finally if you want to keep up to date with the podcast you want to participate in polls that decide future episodes or maybe you just want to shoot the shit on the latest geeky news i was absolutely losing my mind about that across the Spider Verse trailer you can follow us on the social medias twitter and instagram at GeekExplainedPod. pod that's at Geek Explained P O D um. We're having a lot, of time, a lot of fun times, and Twitter is only going to get crazier as the month goes on, so if you want to connect with me there, feel free to do so. But that is going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Uh, we are heading closer to the end of the year. Um, I guess now is as good a time as any to let you know that I will be taking a couple weeks off the last week of December and the first week of January. Specifically, I'm going to be taking off just because, you know, it's... it's It's the holidays, and I am going to uh, practice some self-care. Just get away and enjoy some holiday festivities. Um, I will be back on, let's see here, looking at the calendar. I'll be back on the 12th with a full uh, explained episode review. But again, we will be kicking off the new year with the book club on January 7th. So just keep that in mind. But for now, we've still got two more weeks of Geeksplained, baby. Which means we've got end of the year awards in coming. So uh, really excited. I'm going to be telling up my favorite comics, my favorite movies, my favorite video games, my favorite TV shows, all of that stuff, and if you would like to let me know what your favorite anything from this year has been again feel free to email me feel free to reach out through social media um and if we get enough of them maybe i'll feature it on the podcast as well so uh that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode tune in next week for a brand new episode of the geek explain podcast same geek time same geek channel but for now for geek explain this is eric azana thank you very much for listening stay safe and we will see you next time